Okay. Yeah. I'm going to talk about stuff. Are you recording? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I think mine sounds good. What about you, Russ? Have a continual conversation here with yourself. Okay. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? It's good. You know, I slept ten and a half hours last night. Oh, really? You needed that after staying up until three in the morning playing The Last of Us. Oh, yeah. And then getting four hours of sleep? You probably did need that. That's a conversation with myself about sleep. Enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 84 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and today, on Sunday, June 28th, I am joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah, so um, the place I work, so this was kind of our last week, and um, now we're on shutdown. So we use the week of the 4th of July to, like... I don't know, repair machines and the plants and things. Mm-hmm. So we get off that in this entire week. So I'm doing great. Like, you can't bring me down. Oh, yeah? I'm like, Is I've been up challenge? and down with sleep all week. And now I have vacation, except for Monday and Tuesday, because I volunteered as sacrifice to work the plants. But Well, as Tub Thumpin was famously quoted as saying, you get knocked down, but then you get up again. Tub Thumpin. Yeah. Who the fuck is Tub Chumbawamba. Thump- the greatest song in the history of... I don't People. know if I've ever heard Tub Thumpin'. <laughs> All right, we are going to kick off the Otaku <laughs> Brothers podcast by listening to one of the greatest songs ever recorded by humans. I hope you're ready for this. Yeah, it's probably one of the Queen songs. And this is actually the only thing we're doing this episode. So, yep. Tub. It's like a three minute episode. <laughs> the majority of that is Tub Thumpin's single, My Humps. <laughs> right. Not Verizon. Yeah. We we do support Verizon, though. We they do. just don't support us. <laughs> <laughs> One day we'll be promoted and sponsored by yeah, Verizon Wireless. By Verizon. But, yeah, I mean, we, we'll, we'll give up on our morals, and AT&T can sponsor us as well. We just have to switch. All right. You ready for this? Yeah. All right. I'm going to need absolute silence from you. Okay. Oh, I know this. <laughs> I'll get knocked down. Jeez. I'll get knocked down. When did that come out? Um, it's like early 2000s? Yeah, 97. Okay. God, that makes me want to just like listen to nostalgic songs. That makes me want to go back to the 90s and live there forever. Yeah, but 2020 has been such a great year. <laughs> Why would you want to give this up? It's true. Like, there's only been positive shit that's gone down. That's true. Like, We're not going to get into it. Everyone, this is did, the Otaku. Did you get a dog last year or this year? Last year. I'm going to get a dog this year. That's the positive thing in the future. Cool. Well, nothing for the beginning half, though. That's true. If you're new here, this is the Otaku Brothers podcast. We talk about video games sometimes, and it's lots of fun because it's community focused. Today, Ryan and I are going to do something that a friend of the show, listener, he's also on Twitch, his name's Logan. He wrote in to us on the Discord. You can as well. Link is in the show notes. You can also write us an email at Otaku Brothers Podcast. At gmail.com. Send us an audio question. We love those. Anything, Ryan, that makes the show better. We're all about it. 
He wrote in and wanted us to talk about our college experiences. We're going to do that today at the tail end of the show. But before we do that, Ryan, we have to always talk about the games that we've been playing recently. Yeah, and also how your week has been. Before we do that, I have to talk about how my week has been. (laughs) God, that's the most, like, formal fucking start since, like, probably the beginning of this, like... What, 84 episodes ago? And I wasn't even reading the teleprompter, which is crazy. My name is Rusty, (laughs) R.E. Lewis, 2011. This is my co-host, Ryan. (laughs) Like like a questioning to Ryan? Um, Yes, my week went pretty well, I would say. I I, I talked about it a few weeks ago, but um, the reason why I ordered a webcam was primarily for Twitch streaming purposes. I'll get to that in a second. But I also needed it for this presentation for work. So I had the pleasure of presenting at the Enterprise DevOps Summit that was virtually held in London, England. And a coworker of mine recorded that presentation a couple weeks ago. It streamed live this week. The conference went from Tuesday to Thursday. And uh, funny enough, you know, it was obviously London time. So we had to wake up a little bit earlier. Our presentation was supposed to go live on Wednesday at 6.50 in the morning. So I woke up at around 5 because I wanted to prepare because the presentation went live through the interwebs and then we were on Slack to answer questions in real time. So Slack, if you're not familiar with the the platform, it's basically the corporate version of Discord. It's set up literally the same way with those channels on the left-hand side. You go into those and you can have live conversations with people by chatting. So... 6.45 rolls around and I hop on a a Skype call, actually a Microsoft Teams call with my coworker, just so that we can kind of coordinate answers for this conference if people are writing in. So 6.49 rolls around and we're both on mute at this point because it's early in the morning, we're sipping our coffee, whatever. 6.50 and at the bottom left-hand corner, it says DevOps and Internal Audit, a great partnership, Rusty Lewis and my coworker's name, our pictures are there. And then on the screen is not us. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, you know, I, I was off, off mute, talked to my coworker. I'm like, are you seeing people that are not us right now? And she <laughs> was like, yeah, that's definitely not us. So the coordinator quickly hopped in the chat. I was like, sorry, we had a hiccup, technological glitch here. We're rolling the wrong presentation. We're going to roll your guys' presentation tomorrow at 620. So then I had to wake up early again the following day. So it just made it for a rough week because obviously I'm out for vacation this following, uh, this upcoming week as well, just so that uh, Lauren and I can kind of take some time off just to relax and recharge the batteries. So I had a lot of stuff I had to get through yeah. leading up to vacation. Uh, and this just threw my body clock off because didn't get a lot of sleep. And then obviously there's, there's a certain sense of um, fear and stress and anxiety that comes with this presentation, even though... I wasn't presenting live. It was just running an already recorded presentation. Just the the, the fact that we were answering questions in real time, you know, some stress comes with that. So all in all, all things considered, I think the presentation went well. It aired on Thursday. We got some questions that uh, weren't too terribly challenging to answer. And the present or the whole conference itself was definitely um, interesting because uh, as I talked about briefly, probably in the past episode, DevOps is this idea of developers and Um, operations folks coming together to rapidly release software into production environments more quickly. Um, It's just this idea of creating a culture of collaboration, if you will, with the goal of releasing software into production more rapidly. 
Um, and just to kind of to hear the developers and operators or operations folks talk about their side of things because I'm an auditor. So like I'm on the completely other side of the fence. Yeah. But um, it was interesting and uh, educational, if you will. But outside of that, I um, I got inspired this week, Ryan. Good. I've actually been inspired for a while to do this uh, by a little guy called Pete Dore to t- stream on Twitch, right? <laughs> yeah. Been wanting to, to do that for years, but I always was um, intimidated because it's a big uh, undertaking to stream on Twitch, especially with at the time, thinking that I needed to get an HD capture card, I needed to have a professional microphone, I needed to have a computer that would be the the mediator or middleman between my gaming console, my microphone, I need to record myself. There's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into recording on Twitch. But then when I found out that the Xbox One and the PS4 allows you to basically stream with just the console and a webcam and a microphone, you don't really need the whole HD capture card. That's when I kind of got a little bit more excited about streaming. And then with Blink, friend of the show, Nolan, co-creator and co-host of the Young Nostalgia Podcast, find him on all your favorite podcasting platforms. I just was like, you know, this is, I'm making this out to be a lot more challenging and difficult than it actually needs to be. So earlier this morning, my mom stopped by the place and I got to see my mom, which was great. And then I got on Twitch and was editing my profile to have a little blurb about myself, links to all my social media platforms, links to the podcast, the Discord, all of that fun stuff. I ordered a microphone stand so that I'm going to unhook my little blue um, Yeti mic and connect that to the microphone stand. And I'm hoping, or hoping, I'm, ho- <laughs> I'm hoping I can be up and running here within a week or so to do my first ever stream on Twitch I will, of course, post in the Discord about all of this. I already have a game picked out. It's one of the most Rusty Lewis-type games you can think of, and it's, oddly enough, a game I haven't played yet. So I'm really excited to play that on PS4 here, hopefully in a few weeks. Um, But yeah, so I um, was editing my Twitch page or whatever, and uh, my chat rules are going to be very simple. Uh, I I just have Be Kind... Be respectful of everyone, have fun, and play more 3D platformers. If we can do that, we're going to be a happy little Otaku Brothers. Yeah, the world would be a better place. Ari Lewis 2011 family over there on Twitch. So, uh, yeah, more to come on that, but I'm super pumped, super excited. So, I I mean, okay, so the streamer that I generally listen to when I'm playing games is Lobos Jr., who does, like, challenge runs at Dark Souls. typically my genre but like what he does is he does his twitch screen stream and then uploads it to youtube as well Mm -hmm. are you thinking of doing that on like a not your main channel on youtube but like a separate separate one that like links from your main like dragon ball reviews and stuff and then on the side have like your twitch streams in youtube form if if i ever consider doing that it would be integrated with my already existing channel okay because it's separate like uh Dude, I don't know how YouTube works, but like, I would just create a banner of like your all your streams. Yeah, I would just create a playlist within YouTube. Yeah, playlist. That's the word I was looking for. God, it's <laughs> my thought, jargon is not up to date. Take a sip of water, man. Calm down. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned for that. I will definitely be chatting in the Discord to let people know when that goes live. And Ryan, you know, speaking of the Discord, right? Yeah, we have plans to restructure it. Yeah, we do. As we talked about when we started the Otaku Brothers podcast, this whole I guess creating the podcast was always foundational upon 
the community, having a very community-focused podcast, and also grounded upon not being an asshole, right? We yeah, wanted a community much. to come together, talk about games, and that's that's really kind of what this podcast was found, founded upon. Well, the Discord, I think, could use a little uh, updating. So what I'm going to do is create, uh, when you by the time you listen to this, this probably would have already happened, uh, but I'm just going to kind of shift things around to make sure it's clear um, kind of where the general chat is so people can kind of just come in, talk about whatever they want to talk about, and then have a separate area that's specific to the podcast, announcements when podcast episodes go live. Of course, we have the polling question in there that we occasionally um, get the community more involved with with for the podcast. And then also, we kind of already have it in there, but a section where people can share whenever they're going live on Twitch, share whenever they have a new YouTube video or podcast episode going live. And I want to make sure that people, one, know that exists and continue to use it because I think it's been really cool to see, uh, especially with Nolan starting to stream, how people uh, in our community are flocking over there, showing him support. Blink as well has been um, streaming on Twitch, some Dark Cloud, which has been really great times. And uh, Frantic, he re- uh, Josh, he recently um, threw his recent podcast episode up Did as Logan well. Did Logan have a stream as well? Was he Logan, Smash? thank you. Yeah, he's on the, he's on Twitch and he shared when he was going live. And I want more of that because I yeah. want, again, just as much as you guys have been supporting us, we want to support you guys by giving back a little bit to the community. And I think that's a great way to do it. So yeah. should be good times. Keep an eye on that. Again, if you are not already in the Discord, it's a simple little click of the show uh, in the show notes, there's a link in there. Just click that. You're automatically added to the Discord server, either on your web browser or your mobile phone. We would love to have you in there. There's always lots of fun and great discussions going on. Yeah, and I think the last time we talked about it was maybe like an episode or two ago. Um, we had mentioned Minecraft as well, potentially adding that once I get a server. Um, the Nether update dropped, I think, this week, like mid this week. Um, so I'm looking into potential server providers so mm-hmm. we can get some up and running. Be awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've never really played Minecraft and I love to um, not only play with you, but have a dedicated server where we could get some of our uh, other followers of the, the Otaku Brothers podcast. In yeah. There. So like the main issue with like PlayStation, you can't really have a server on there. Um, it's just whenever a person's playing, people can hop in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can also host on your computer. But that's another issue because that whenever your computer is on, then it's hosting and then it like eventually turns off so other people can't be making progress mm-hmm. so like having a dedicated server it's on 24 7 so yeah if, yeah we'll make it happen yeah we will i have a computer i can play minecraft Good. on there yeah so yeah stay on the lookout for all of those fun things but ryan we got to get to the games that we've been playing recently right yeah what have you been playing this week man i think i've only played one game this week um the last of us two i ended up yes. Like, I had early mornings this week as well. I had to go to a, a training, I think, Thursday, your second attempt at presenting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, this week I'm going to... This is kind of a, a departure from games we've been playing. But I'm working Monday, Tuesday at a plant, and I had to get some training. Got it. On potentially, like, um, doing uh, assemblies and then... Um, God, why can I not think of words this morning? I'm well, dude, struggling. not to not to you know put a damper on your conversation there, but I'm not sure how exciting assembling cars is going to be. No, for so the like listeners the, the, the entertaining others. thing with assembly is um, this: what when they were training us how to like tap bolts, mm-hmm. they said, "Hey, if you have your glove on and you're tapping this bolt, it can rip off your finger." 
All right. So I will potentially have misspelled words in the <laughs> Discord if I lose a finger working Monday, Tuesday. Typically, your grammar is not so hot in the Discord anyways. Man. Yeah, but so, like grammar is optional course. on <laughs> yeah. Discord from yeah. what I'm going off of. Um, but yeah, so my my sleep schedule was kind of screwed up. And I was like, let's just go balls deep. Like I worked a ton of hours that day. So I got off work early on Friday around 1 o'clock. Um, I got some food. And then I think I started around two o'clock and I played The Last of Us until three in the morning. Hell yeah. You came over for like an hour or two, Mm -hmm. maybe. Um, And then, yeah, I just kept on going. I wanted to, like. You wanted to finish the game. Yeah, I wanted to finish the game. I didn't want it spoiled. There's. There were so many spoilers on. Or potential spoilers on my feed because I listened to some gaming YouTube videos and Mm -hmm. there was like explaining the end of the game and i'm like i just want to avoid all of this okay so again no spoilers for the last of us part two later this week we will actually be be recording a very special episode spoiling all things related to the last of us part two so keep an eye out for that we will also be having a very special guest on for that episode so stay tuned but ryan i have to know you had a chance to kind of process the game a bit no spoilers overall what are your thoughts? I'm still deciding. Um, I'm not sure yet. I mean, it was three in the morning when I finished, so I was kind of... There was things that I liked and things that I didn't like, mm-hmm. obviously, with the game and how it ended. Um, what I was watching this week, or I guess yesterday and today, um, were kind of the actors themselves kind of going through it a few of those kind of funny podcasts yeah so kind of funny games over there on youtube you can check them out he um greg miller interviewed neil Druckmann, the director of the game troy baker who plays joel in the last of us and ashley johnson who plays ellie yeah so i ended up watching or starting i think i maybe like an hour or two into uh troy the girl who plays sarah uh or joel's daughter in the first game and then um the Uncharted guy. Nolan, Nolan. North. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was watching Nolan North play The Last of Us 1. Um, Are you sure it was not, was it not Elena Fisher's actress or was it literally Sarah who played? It was Sarah, the daughter. Oh, interesting. Because she was like 11 or 12 and they were kind of going through that first scene of like how many times they went through it and like the director's direction on like how he evaluated. So it was really cool getting that. And then I think Nolan North played through Uncharted one yeah because he had never played it there's a couple of those videos out there that are really fun to watch yeah so i was watching that and then they're like yeah like other people they saw that uncharted so they wanted me to play the last of us Mm. so it was yeah yeah, troy going through everything they did different directions and dude he has an amazing voice he does yeah yeah um and i was watching some of the motion capture and things to see how they did it it's really interesting it's very yeah it's crazy i mean it's so wild to think that um some of those scenes where they're like, they almost look like Gollum that, you know, filming yeah. the Lord of the Rings because it's the same idea as motion capture and they have all these like weirdo little dots to make sure they're capturing everything. And I was actually listening to something this morning as well and Naughty Dog was actually one of the first developers when doing motion capture to have not only a camera like in front of your face to capture all of your facial animations, but they also have two microphones so that when you have inflections in your voice and more of the chaotic scenes, yeah. if one of the mics breaks, it's still capturing the audio output. Yeah. It's really fascinating stuff. Well, it makes them more of actors opposed to like these CG characters. And like 
getting that perspective on the first game from the actors themselves on like how they changed scenes and like how they went through like the emotional weight of having to do these scenes over and over similar to like Hollywood would have to do. And even the physicality of it too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's intense. And it's, so like applying that same logic and like getting those explanations on the second one, like what was impactful on certain like key plot points. Yeah. It was really an interesting perspective and regardless of like if people like the game or not. That's the key point. There. Yeah. It's, yeah. they did a, f- fucking amazing job with their acting yeah as actors themselves and i could see it being discouraging with all of like the spoils and everything but yeah i mean kudos to them it's they did a great job Mm -hmm. um i'm still processing kind of the entire plot as a whole Mm -hmm. um yeah there's a lot to go over but i I, hopefully by (laughs) the next episode i'll kind of have condensed thoughts on I know things I definitely didn't like, um, but yeah, that's more combat-wise, which I've ranted to you about. Yeah, but. Uh, and, we'll, and we'll get to that when we when we talk about it later in the week, too, with um, our special guest. I don't even remember if, by the time we recorded last week, if I had finished the game already, because I finished it last Sunday. I had like three or four binge sessions. It was, really, it was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, where I played for like eight to 12 hours at a time, and I finished the game early or late Sunday, maybe early Monday morning. Um, yeah, because you finish it... No, you finish it like 10.38. The fuck? I looked at your trophies. I was curious like what time I actually finished the game, and I finished it at like 2.30. Oh, it was And like, I compared the trophies with you to see like what we got differently. You were wearing a red shirt, a green hat. <laughs> yeah, I hacked your cam. Like, yeah. Your, your, your pants were off at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Skew was figuring what the fuck is going on. I was all sweaty. I was a mess. Yeah. Anyways, my thoughts all in all, I'll talk very high level here. I loved it. I loved just about everything about the game. I have my minor gripes about it for sure. Um, But I think it's such an incredible accomplishment and achievement for everyone at Naughty Dog. What they were able to, the story they were able to tell um, and very much like the first game, just how personal of a story it was. And yeah, I mean, I guess I'll kind of just leave it at that, that I, I, I really loved it beginning to end. Um, at, at what point did you feel like you processed the impact? Because I'm like a day, a full day in to like having finished it. I think it, it wasn't too long after because for me, once I finished the game, yeah, there were some story directions towards the tail end that maybe I would have done... I wouldn't even say that I would have done differently, that maybe I just wasn't a huge fan of, Mm -hmm. if you will. Um, But in terms of where the story left us once the credits started rolling, I was more than on board with, more than okay with, and I was just a mix of emotions because just as the first game was, I keep using the word emotional, but that's how I can best describe it. Yeah. Uh, so it was a, it was a roller coaster of emotions for me, both positive and negative. But at the end of the day, I was more than satisfied with the story they told. And I think in terms of how long it took me to process where I was with um, the game as a whole, um, not long. Because I think for me, it was more just trying to understand and process character motivations someone honked you probably heard that uh and things of that nature as opposed to like 
I really am not okay with the decision they made here. Um, okay. How long it took me to like, am I really not okay with that? For me, once the credits rolled, I was, I was good. It was more just me trying to get my shit together and the puddle of tears that, you know, yeah. were there. Um, so okay. yeah, I mean, for you, I don't, I don't really see your mind changing a whole lot more. You heard the director himself talk about why he penned the story that he did, why he took certain characters where he did. You've heard the actors themselves. No, um, I think that was definitely a good insight into their thought process on like where everything went when they kind of went through their own spoiler cast of it. Um, yeah, it helped me not enjoy, but appreciate... I think the direction that they took more, mm-hmm. more so than, I mean, it was two in the morning and I'm used to going to bed at like 9.30. So I'm already five hours past my like mental thinking or my, my prime of thought process. But yeah, I think it definitely helped me appreciate what they actually did and some of like, I wouldn't say gripes, but questioning some directions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I think overall it was great. Yeah. Um and we'll we'll discuss it next week yep. where we can actually say words that <laughs> without like dodging around sentences. Yeah. Yeah. Um but for me outside of the last of us part 2, which actually I didn't mention, um I will be going back and getting the platinum trophy in that eventually. Uh it's just going to be kind of a grind in terms of mm-hmm. I mean it's mostly this isn't really a spoiler. Uh weapon upgrades, collecting a bunch of things. Um, and, and doing that's just going to take following a guide and going through the game again. And because of the weight of it all and trying to process um, how heavy of a story it is, it's not something I wanted to hop right back into. Even if I was kind of just going through the, the motions, um, the story beats are still going to hit, and I'm not ready to go back and relive those story bits. No, I completely agree. I think this would be a good... I think it would be a good game to play a second time to I guess not reevaluate but relive it to have actually I can't say anything without spoiling anything. Okay, well so, we are gonna it, move on from the other last games bus. I've played this yeah. week. Um I'm just trying to figure out what the hell I want to play now. Um yeah. because Ghost comes out in what, like two weeks, two and a half? July seventeenth, yep. Yeah, so I mean after this week I have basically another week to go until I can play that one. I don't know what I want to play in these next two weeks. And I was trying to figure out last night, um, I beat, what was it, Foxyland? Foxyland. <laughs> One of the platformers Rusty suggested. Um, and then I beat some like golf square cube game where you shoot a cube into like a light square. Midnight Deluxe. Yeah, that one. And then I was just playing another platformer. It was the Random Heroes that I'd gotten the Platinum for and just kind of went through the entire game. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm feeling. I, I was playing some Dark Souls, just messing around with some bosses. Um, but I don't know what a good two-week game is. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what mood I'm in. I was debating looking at Xenoblade again. But I don't know if that huge open world is a good investment for me before I start another open world game. Yeah, that's a huge game. It's a significant undertaking. I don't know. For me, when I when I... Whenever I boot that game up, it's never, um, I never go in with the mindset that I need to, like, I'm committing to this game until the credits roll. For me, I, it's, for me personally, I, you know, I pick it up for a few hours, I grind, I make it to a new area or what have you, do a bunch of side quests, but I think 
going in with the mindset that I'm committing to the end. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's like the time commitment is the thing. It's I just, we just came off of a huge story-driven game, and I'm I'm interested in what happens in this Xenoblade world. Um, I I kind of just want like the platformer games were perfect because they're just mindless. Mm-hmm. Like you're a fucking fox jumping for some gems trying to get to a new house. Yeah, it's like, great. It's, it's not that complex. I I want some mindless game that's good, <laughs> but they're kind of well. I think counter to each other. Maybe you know, getting into the other game that I played this week, uh, a game that I was hotly anticipating coming into the new year, or maybe not even coming into the year, was whenever it was announced, which escapes me at this point. But the Battle for Bikini Bottom SpongeBob Remaster, a rehydrated edition, and uh, that came out last week, I believe, and which was the perfect kind of um, counter to the heavy story that was The Last of Us Part Two, that was a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. SpongeBob, Battle for Bikini Bottom, the rehydrated edition was exactly what I needed at that point in time. And so really for the past week, or gosh, time is just all over the place for me right now. I think it was the last week. Yeah, well, it came out Friday or Thursday. I think it was Friday, actually, is when it came out. No, I think it came out the same Friday that you got The Last of Us. No, because I went to Walmart and Best Buy trying to find the game. They didn't have physical copies, so I ended up downloading it. Maybe I downloaded it like earlier in the week. It came out like on a Wednesday, I think, is what it went, when it came out. Yeah, because it was definitely you. Definitely were playing it while I was playing The Last of Us throughout the week. Okay, yeah. So it came out earlier in the week, and uh, booted it up. And just kind of speaking to my history of this game, I did have it growing up on either the PS2 or the GameCube. I can't really recall, and I it's just. It was just such a fun game. I'm a huge fan. It's no secret of the animated, license-based platformers that typically were created as a result of some TV show on Nickelodeon or the Disney Channel. Mm -hmm. And SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom is no exception. And going back into it and watching, I had to pull up some footage from the original game on YouTube, and seeing the level of care they put into this game uh, is definitely apparent. It looks super vibrant and colorful they brought the original voice cast of the game not the tv show to voice the characters with the exception of mr krabs i believe um and i would say in most for most of the characters they either sound exactly like their character on the tv show from my recollection because it's a little fuzzy from the last time i watched spongebob or it's very very close and it's battle for bikini bottom a game that probably came out 15 plus years ago it doesn't do anything significant to move the 3D platforming genre forward. But if you're a fan of SpongeBob, you watched the show growing up, or you were a fan of the original game, this is going to be the perfect game for you. It's Does it hold up? Yeah, I actually, I, I kind of think it does. Because platforming is super tight. You don't feel super floaty or out of control. If you played Poi, which I know you have, yeah. it feels like that. The platforming just feels really, really good. A um, lot of variety in the different levels because... Um, again, if you're familiar with the show, you go to the Goo Lagoon, Rock Bottom, the Flying Dutchman. There's like a whole spooky kind of creepy level, um, uh, jellyfish fields. I mean, if you're familiar with the game, it's going to hit all the right beats for you. It's a lot of fun. It's just a good 3d platformer. And if it was coming out for 60 bucks, I would say, wait for a price drop at 30. I think it's worth buying in. I actually, over the course of the past four or five days, I got the platinum trophy last night, which really just equated to beating the game and collecting all of the golden spatulas, which are basically the the star equivalent from a Mario game. Yeah. And uh, 
you can probably get the platinum about 15 to 20 hours beat the game in about 10 to 12 it's 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 a really good time nice so yeah i have to look for something like that um i don't know if i'd want to spend 30 dollars on something that i don't have that much nostalgia for maybe um i was uh, skylar and plux that's a, a game on the ps2 you look really fucking tired no, I'm not. I mean, I slept like ten and a half hours last night. Yeah, it's the night before where I looked like I was dead, and I slept <laughs> like three and a half hours. Um, no, I I don't know what I want to play because like I was looking at Shadow of Mordor, <laughs> and I was like, Hell yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Like that's a huge commitment in two weeks before I start a very similar like experience. Dude, I could beat that game in a weekend. Come on now. I, I know you could. <laughs> yeah, you'd be the last of us two in like three days. Um, yeah, I I wanted something mindless. I'm, Octopath might be a good thing. Yeah. Um, or Animal Crossing. I just don't know who I am anymore. Okay. After the last well, of us Let's talk two. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll figure it out this week. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm in a similar boat, I guess I would say, because I finished SpongeBob. I finished um, Last of Us Part Two, and the next big game, the next big game I'm looking forward to is Ghost of Tsushima. Um, so yeah, I might hop back into Xenoblade Chronicles. I'd love to make more progress in that. I haven't played Animal Crossing in like darn near two months at this point. Yeah. So I'm, I probably need to check on my villagers that are probably half past dead at this point. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm also not really ready to commit to something significant, which is why I'm so excited to stream because I think that'll really help me dig into the backlog once I do end up getting a capture card so I can play some of my earlier games on the PS2, PS1, N64, things like that. That'll be, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. You know the other game I was debating? Final Fantasy VII, the original. Going back to that. Yeah, that'd be good too. Um, I mean, talk about mindless. I mean, there's a great story there, but you could just kind of mindlessly grind a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Um yeah. No, I'm excited to have you stream. That would be fun. Um, you just volunteered me as a moderator. So I'm, I'm getting promoted. Yep. Um, yeah, we'll have to figure out what the hell that, how all that works. Yeah. I have no idea. Well, I mean, and I... I just know that Ninja's a thing and he streamed at one point in time. Yeah. I don't know any other streamers besides like Pete Door mm-hmm. and like Lobos, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't really... F- figured out or tinkered with OBS Studio, which is what Nolan suggested I use, um, audio balancing, all of those types of things. I need to get into the trenches and, and mess around with that type of stuff yeah. to kind of figure out how it all works. But in Nolan, he was kind of, he pushed me over the edge in the best way because when he was talking on his first stream, he was just complicating it and making it to be a bigger deal and thinking that he needed to, it had to be perfect. Yeah, and it's it's gonna be a learning process for anyone that gets into the Twitch, um, especially like your first episode. Round that sounds jank is all hell. Yeah, or our first podcast episode. It's like if we had waited until like I had perfectly figured out audio or we got the best microphones ever, like you know, it's just it's fun to look back on the journey that we've had with the podcast. And Twitch is no different. So I'm looking forward to kind of just jumping in and um, seeing how it goes. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited. But Ryan, hey Rusty. I think we need a dedicated news segment on this podcast. Yeah. What are you thinking? I'm thinking the Something Something Report, where we bring all of you the most electrifying, engrossing, dare I say, educational news circulating the interwebs at this point in time. Ryan, first on deck here, we have Ghost of Tsushima has gotten gold 
So tell me what that means, because that means nothing to me. So basically that means they are ready to print discs. The game is completely finished. They are done playtesting. Everything is has been greenlighted at this point. Nice. I mean, they're two weeks from it having to be in every store. That seems like a really short time from distribution. Last of Us was pretty much the same thing. Really? Yeah, a lot of games typically do that. Uh, I mean, it's like, I don't want to say it's like most movies. The Rise of Skywalker is a, an extreme exception where they finish that movie like weeks before it hit the big screen. But, Ryan, the developer, Sucker Punch, of course, we all know Sucker Punch, the friends that made the Sly Cooper games and the infamous games from the PS3, PS4 generation, they announced on Twitter, quote, we're thrilled to announce that Ghost of Tsushima has gone gold. This is the culmination of years of hard work from our team, and we can't wait to get it into your hands on July 17th. Jason Connell, the creative director of the game, recently told IGN, quote, Ghost of Tsushima is the biggest game Sucker Punch has ever made by a landslide, both in the amount of stuff that's in it, and also just sheer landscape square footage-wise. I have some more here. Nate Fox, the game's director, went on to say, quote, The open-world adventure will be very challenging and feature incredibly difficult samurai fights. Good. That's what I want to hear. Wait, so not to get sidetracked in the gold thing so is their development phase considered silver and then gold is like yo we're finished i don't know the transition of all that because you would think if they say like we're going gold or going ghost that there's like a silver and a bronze phase Mm. maybe like you got psn trophies in the mind i like it yeah exactly (laughs) exactly yeah When's platinum? Like once they sell like a million copies? Probably. Okay. Yeah. That's the ultimate achievement. <laughs> <laughs> you still extend ex- it nineteen times. Yeah, twenty. <laughs> okay. Whoa. Sorry to offend you. Yeah. Good God, man. The big two zero. Yeah. Uh, Battle for Bikini Bottom rehydrated was my twentieth. No, that, that's an important twentieth. My twentieth platinum yeah. trophy. Do you want a cake and some candles? <laughs> please, please. Why don't you take a sip of water before you tell me how excited you are for Ghost of Tsushima? I'm extremely excited. Um, story, like, coming out The Last of Us, I think I my main takeaway, like, because I'm not used to the horror games, so my main takeaway is the story from that, and I think compared to Ghost, I'm going to enjoy The Last of Us story way more, mm-hmm. but my type of combat, I mean, doing kind of Horizon, The Dark Souls, God of War is more, I mean, even... Uh, Sekiro yeah. is more focused or tailored preferentially to that kind of ghost style. So I think probably gameplay-wise, I'm going to like it more so than The Last of Us. Um, I'm super excited. I mean, going around and collecting flowers to change my color of my armor, I'm going to waste so much of my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what about you? Yeah, I'm super pumped. I mean, I actually, talking about the developer Sucker Punch, I adore the Sly Cooper games. I mean, I had Bentley, the uh, the turtle, as my PSN avatar for years, and I just recently changed it to Ellie from The Last of Us. Uh, huge, huge fan of what they've done in the past, historically speaking, and uh, I never really got into the infamous games. I played the first one on the PS3, Okay. but I've heard that uh, First Light, or whatever it was, on the PS4, or Second, Second Sun, Sons. and then First Light was like the DLC or something like that. Okay. That's um, one the one with fire, right? And like being able to make neon sounds or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm not really sure. But I've heard really good things about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but gosh, what a departure from the previous previous games. 
Yeah. No, this is completely different. I mean, I guess it's kind of like you you look at uh, Gorilla, right? They made the Killzone games, and then they go and make a game like Horizon. So I have nothing but confidence that this game is going to deliver on all cylinders. Yeah. And I will most certainly be picking it up July 17th. What a summer for games, man. No, yeah, it's exciting. I'm curious to see what the length is going to be. I mean, it's open world. So compared to like a Skyrim or the other, I mean, that's kind of the main open world that we compare the size-wise to. I am i don't know where it's going to fall. Um, it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I like the mechanics of like the wind showing you where to go and like the animals and being able to like pet a fox. Oh, yeah. Um, really... Any game that I can pet an animal or like play fetch with an animal, I'm cool with. Oh yeah, I'm on yeah. board for that. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Yeah, it'll be good times. I'm looking forward to for sure getting that and definitely hearing the um the listeners of the show what they think about it. It'll be good times. But Ryan, we also have another news story here. What is it? There's this little game called Kingdom Hearts. You ever heard of it? I might have played through at least one or them or two. Okay, maybe. might want to get back to that. But before you do. Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory is coming later this fall. Games Radar reports that the surprising new rhythm game set to release on Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One is coming later this year worldwide, apparently. This came out of nowhere. We had no idea that there was going to be more Kingdom Hearts outside of the context of Kingdom Hearts 3. You know, we got the Remind or whatever the hell DLC earlier this year that was more of like a boss rush mode. Did you ever play that? No, I didn't. No. I just, I got super excited about it, but mm-hmm. then like the more and more I thought about it after I purchased it was <laughs> like, do I do I really want to do like a boss rush mode at yeah. the end of the game? Because I don't think you did that optional boss either. There was like some big guy in an arena. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just wasn't super up my alley, but this certainly is, okay? okay. So in case you missed it... This all-new game will feature 140 songs from the Kingdom Hearts series and feature fan-favorite characters from the franchise, including Sora, Donald, Goofy, Riku, Kairi, Hercules, Aladdin, amongst others from the many worlds that you visit in Kingdom Hearts. I guess, what are your top five favorite characters from Kingdom Hearts? Wow. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's a hell of a question for you. Yeah. I mean, I guess in the context of this music rhythm game because if i guess if you didn't understand this is going to be a music rhythm game very much in the in line with the theatrhythm final fantasy games on the 3ds where you have these characters kind of running along this musical path if you will if you played rock band or amplitude or guitar hero or things of that nature and you have these notes coming across the screen think guitar hero kingdom hearts that's yeah. what's going on here getting back to my favorite characters from uh, kingdom hearts I mean, I don't want to give some generic answer. I mean, Riku is probably my favorite. Yeah, um, I would definitely agree. Sora, I don't want to say he's one-dimensional, but he just... I, I don't know how much personality... He's kind of like a Goku in many ways. Yeah. Where he's, he's only, like, happy or positive, and he's generally going to solve the issue. Mm-hmm. But, like, Vegeta's the main, like interesting character has a lot of similar to him yeah yeah he goes through a lot of trials and like he goes he has a dark side and he's very parallel to like a riku story-wise but then he also has a very good positive side to him in in terms of like his his relationship with bulma and his son trunks and things of that nature yeah abandoning her yeah i mean yeah 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 no it's um i'm saying yeah i would definitely agree riku would be number one 
And then what's your number two? Yen Sid. <laughs> really? Yeah, dude, the wizard. He's awesome. Uh, that's true. No, I don't know. I mean, I'd really have to think about it, honestly, and go through. What's the blue-haired girl? She sees she had oh, a good story. Oh, Aqua. Yeah, I guess I wasn't even thinking about the birth by sleep game. Yeah. Um, Aqua's really awesome, actually. Yeah, so I think Aqua would probably be number two. Yeah, and then I think, I mean, Mickey is like a generic character, but I think Mickey has a good storyline with tied in with Aqua and Riku. Yeah. I, w- I would put him at three. I never played birth by sleep. Yeah, so I, I started it. So Birth like, by I Sleep kind of just mirrors the Kingdom Hearts in terms of the characters. I mean, um, Ventus is very much, I guess, more like Roxas than he is Sora. Um, Terra is kind of like your brute force character, like the Riku, and then Aqua is very much. I would like say a Kai- what's, Kai- I would say my number four would be after uh, Mickey would be the red haired guy, Axel. Oh, Axel's a beast. Axel's high up there. He might. He's probably higher than Mickey. When you when you presented the question, I was just thinking. I was so narrow-minded Donald, and thinking, Goofy, yeah, those guys. I wasn't thinking of like, you know, the umpteen number of side games that we've gotten over the years. Yeah. I would say Axel would be probably above Mickey and then Mickey and then probably who's Axel's friend that you play with in the beginning of the second one? Roxas. I would say Roxas is up there too. Or that or like Xeon. Xeon. Whatever. You were like, we literally went through an entire Kingdom Hearts episode <laughs> yeah. of you spewing the nonsense and you were like, Zion. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I, was, I was coming off of Ma- the Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, no, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memories coming to all consoles this fall. If you've played Theatrhythm Final Fantasy on the 3DS, you'll be right at home with this because you actually see the characters on the little battlefield or the music rhythm track hitting all of these notes. And when the trailer opened with Destiny Island and that signature Destiny Island theme was playing... And then they transition to the Hercules world, Agrabah and the Aladdin world, and then even a moment where Shion literally, spoiler alert, dies in uh, Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days. They were playing that scene in the trailer. Um, the music that plays in 358 over two days is just freaking phenomenal. It's mm-hmm. so, so good. Um, this is just the exact Kingdom Hearts game that I've wanted for so long. Uh, and, and it seemed like the natural next step on the 3DS for the Theatrhythm series because they made Final Fantasy, they made two Theatrhythm Final Fantasy games. One was just literally called Theatrhythm Final Fantasy. Another one was called Curtain Call, which had not only like the based Final Fantasy games, but it also had some of the uh, MMO games like 11 and 14 music. Okay. And even like Crystal Chronicles and some of those side spin-off game Final Fantasy games. And then in Japan only, they made a Theatrhythm Dragon Quest game, which... I can't remember if the 3DS is region-free, but if it's not, I really need to get my hands on a copy of yeah. uh, Dragon Quest, the Theatrhythm. But it just seemed like with Square Enix properties, with typically highly praised music, music, even if you're not a big fan of the game, Kingdom Hearts was the natu- natural next step. Um, but man, I'd much prefer to play a game like this, its own kind of spin-off brand. So how would that work? Because Guitar Hero makes sense because you can strum or hit notes. How does one on a un so like 3DS game would make sense too because you have the touchpad? Exactly. So I, w- I don't know. My guess is they're probably going to map it to the face button. So X square, X square triangle circle is my guess. I don't know um, because in, in the way I think this is going to work, there's a well, really... <laughs> the funny thing is you did Sony's buttons right there. Well, yeah. A, B, Y, yeah. X if you want to talk about Microsoft. Um 
the Switch, there's there's touchscreen functionality, so I'm not sure if they're, if they're going to integrate that on the, the Switch or not. Yeah, there's... Oh, I didn't know that. It's a touchscreen. Um, now, granted, you don't have a stylus, so it'd be really messy swapping it with your finger and potentially yeah. getting scratches on the screen. Uh, but what I was getting at and why I think this is going to work well is that there's a, if you want to call hidden gem on the PlayStation Portable PSP called Rock Band Unplugged. Now, never in a million years did I think a rock band or Guitar Hero game would work on a portable console like that. Mm -hmm. But they actually had a Guitar Hero game on the 3DS, or the the original DS that you plugged into the DS Lite or the original Fat. And it had like these little uh, finger things that you could you know, tilt the DS sideways and play a Guitar Hero game. Oh, I do remember that. Um, Yeah. But where I think, again, I'm just completely getting off track here. What I was getting at was Rock Band Unplugged mapped... Um, all the the button presses to the the as I said earlier X square triangle circle, and then to flip to the different instruments in the song, you press the bumper, the right or left bumper. Okay. It was really interesting how they did that. So my guess is they're probably going to do something similar with this melody of memory game, where maybe to swap to a different character, you press the L one or R one button, and then you continue to use those face buttons to hit the musical notes. Okay. That could be interesting. I mean, you're definitely selling me on it. I I saw the trailer and it looked really interesting. Um, I don't know if it's up my alley, but I'd have to see gameplay or a little bit another trailer probably. Yeah. But I that's a ton of songs. I didn't expect for there to be like 140 songs. Yeah. No, I think it'll be really fun. Um, I, I mean, just such a, I'm such a fan of the Kingdom Hearts series, so I really hope we have good representation across. Even the side games, like I said, three five eight over two days has some really great music. Yeah, do you think you're gonna get that one over that Pokemon MOBA game? <laughs> <laughs> that one has so much playability. Yeah, no, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here with that. Yeah. I, yeah, I have no interest in that, and I, it's actually not even part of the something something report today. Yeah, that's why. That's why I brought it up. It's yeah. not. It's not deserving. Um, Sellouts. I got two more articles here, Ryan, that I want to talk about. The first of which is kind of disappointing, disheartening news. Uh, Mixer is no longer a thing. That's amazing. It's so good. Did you see their sales numbers? Wait, why? They had 0.2% increase from last time last year. Oh, this time last year? Yeah. Facebook had like 200%. Twitch Twitch had like 100 plus percent. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean... It was 0.2% increase even through COVID. Wow. So like, I mean, they had a decent amount, a million plus, I mean, probably 10 plus million, but like their overall increase in volume or traffic was horrible. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to come across super ignorant, but for me, complete outside looking in, I have no perspective as a streamer. But when I look at something like Twitch, my first thought is, don't fix what's uh, or don't um what am i trying to say here i'm trying to don't fix a broken thing or Uh, um, don't change what isn't broken yeah don't yeah exactly don't change what's 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 not broken uh twitch just seems like i I don't know how a streaming platform could compete with something like that yeah i mean facebook's definitely taking up market share and that's kind of where mark or uh mixer is turning don't fix what's not broken there it is yeah what what did we say before? Who knows? Something else. <laughs> that wasn't that. Whatever. And um, yeah, so like 
Mixer is now uh, pairing with Microsoft and kind of transitioning their resources over there because Mixer obviously failed. I have an article here, Ryan. Yes. Enlighten us. This is from The Verge. We'll give you uh, your royalties here, your checks in the mail. Okay. Microsoft is closing its Mixer service on July 22nd and plans to move existing partners over to Facebook Gaming. The surprise announcement means Mixer partners and streamers will be transitioned to Facebook Gaming starting today. And Microsoft will no longer operate Mixer as a service in a month's time. Microsoft has struggled to reach the scale needed for Mixer to compete with Twitch, YouTube, and even Facebook Gaming, which has led to today's decision. Quote, We started pretty far behind in terms of where Mixer's monthly active viewers were compared to some of the big players out there, says Phil Spencer, Microsoft's head of gaming, in an interview with The Verge. He says, I think the Mixer community is going to really benefit from the broad audience that Facebook has through their properties and the abilities to reach gamers in a very seamless way through the social platform Facebook has. Microsoft is is partnering with Facebook to transition existing Mixer viewers and streamers over to Facebook gaming in the coming weeks. On July 22nd, all Mixer sites and apps will automatically redirect to Facebook Gaming. Existing Mixer partners will be granted partner status with Facebook Gaming, and any streamers using the Mixer monetization program will be granted eligibility for Facebook's Level Up program. Mixer viewers with outstanding Ember balances, channel subscriptions, or Mixer Pro subscriptions will receive Xbox gift card credit. So yeah, I wanted to touch on this because... Especially someone, friend of the show, Nolan, who just started on... It really, there's really two ends of the spectrum here. There's someone like Nolan who's just getting into streaming. You know, he's getting really excited. He spends a lot of time preparing and prepping for streaming specifically on Mixer. And then there's people on the other end of the spectrum that made the transition to Mixer. Someone like Ninja. Who made $30 million Who for signed a contract for, for $30 million, yeah. making over $90,000 a day, people. $90,000 a day on the yeah. stream platform that I assume Mixer, Microsoft, whoever has to continue to pay out that contract. But that's someone who has a career with this platform and it's immediately stripped from underneath them. That's kind of scary. Well, yeah. So right now there was Ninja who was worth like $30 million in his contract. And there's one other big one that was worth like $10 million. And their their contracts are not voided they're going to pay out that full contract, but they're not automatically transitioning them over to Facebook. They have to make a new contract or go over to Twitch. Or I think they're probably talking with representatives from probably YouTube, um, Facebook, and Twitch right now to figure out what would be the best financial decision for them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's huge. If I could make $30 million in one year, I'm sure the contract was longer, but now that... Uh, mixers going under it makes sense that it would be kind of null and void yeah no i think it's interesting um yeah youtube was the one i couldn't think of for the other streaming service it's it was just crazy to look at the actual increase in numbers to see that mixer had basically zero increase and those other three had like a hundred plus percent that's a shame because when we um when we watched Nolan, I really appreciated and actually liked quite a bit the the user interface. Yeah, I like leveling up of Mixer. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. How um, Twitch has a similar thing. At least when I watch Pete, I accrue badge points, if you okay. will, and then he allows uh, his viewers to exercise those points when he's doing his eBay streams to search for a particular thing. So if I say 
I create now I've accrued over 110,000 of these points. Yeah, I was going to say you've you've watched a few hours. Yeah, and so if I use 10,000 points or whatever his cost is, then I could say look up Disney platformers on PS1 and then he would just search for those for however many minutes. Um, but I loved alternatively on Mixer when I was watching Nolan for every amount of time, whatever it was, 30 minutes, I'd accrue like 100 points. And then for every comment and things of that nature, I would also accrue points. And it was just kind of neat to see that thing kind of tick up more and more and more the more I viewed him. Um, And I'm not sure if it was for each specific channel that you build that leveling up system. Yeah, or if it's your profile has this amount of time viewed. Exactly. Because I know I was leveling up while I was playing Dark Souls. You were the one mainly commenting. Mm -hmm. um, And I was beating shit for you. Um, But I was still like, I got to like level 14. Yeah. Which is cool. Maybe you're like, you've spent, I think we were there for like two and a half hours. And even if it has zero benefit to the viewer, like I can't actually do anything with it. As a fan of RPGs, you Yeah, still... I was going to say, levels are important. Y- and if you can level me up, fucking let's do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even if it has some arbitrary meaning, it's still fun to see. Um, so yeah, all of that to say, I did want to talk about it because um, I know Nolan started on Mixer. He's actually on Twitch now, so you can go check him out. He did in a stream yesterday... Um, playing Apocalypse, a PS1 game starring the one and only Bruce Willis, and it was fantastic. Nice. But um, but yeah, I hope everyone that was on Mixer can make uh, the transition over to Twitch or Facebook Gaming or YouTube Gaming, whatever it ends up being. But it is a shame to see something like that, um, I guess, just so unsuccessful. Yeah. You know? But uh, if, if it's okay with you, Ryan, I actually have one more news yeah, article to talk do about. It. All right, so... Coming into uh, this month, we knew The Last of Us Part Two was coming out. About a month ago, we also found out that there were some leaks that went out yep. that very much angered the internet, and it actually was getting review-bombed on Metacritic once it released, largely because, I think, of um, this leak and what ended up happening in the game that fans were not uh, okay with, yeah. to say the very least. Well, clearly, that did not have an impact on the number of people playing and buying this game because in three days, I'm sorry, three days, this game has sold four million copies. To put that into perspective, The Last of Us Part 1 was released on PS3 back in 2013. It was also released on the PS4 as the remastered edition, I believe, a year or two later. To date, the game has sold about, I think the last time I looked, it was 17 or 19 million. So think about that. In seven years, let's just say it sold 20 million. Mm-hmm. It's already sold 25% of that in just three days. Yeah, that's crazy. It outsold Animal Crossing, from my understanding. as the, In 2020, it's the fastest-selling game. So, interesting you say that, because when I heard that, I was like, oh yeah, that probably makes sense. And then I looked it up, because I think it's fun to always look up what's the fastest-selling video game here. So I got a list, and it's from Wikipedia, so it's a trustworthy source. We have a whole slew of games Dating back to 2011 here. Yeah, I updated that page this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah. In 2011, The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim sold 10 million units for the PC, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360 platforms in about a month. 7 million copies in its first week. Wow. Which I think is crazy. Fast forwarding a little bit to the year 2013, the year The Last of Us was released, Grand Theft Auto V... Guess how many copies it sold in its first 24 hours? Oh, gosh. Like 5 million. 12 million <laughs> Holy units. shit. And then in three days, had already sold 16.5 million units 
$1 billion in sales. Yeah, that game was huge. So you wonder why, for the future of play or future of gaming for PlayStation and Stream, they started the, the show off with saying, hey, when you buy our console through yeah. PlayStation Plus, you're going to get the game for free. Well, think of how much money January. they've made with all the online play and microtransactions. Oh, <laughs> I mean, your base starts out in like three days with 16 million. Everyone at Rockstar is just drowning in cash at this point. Yeah, it must be hard. Yeah. Like, I feel bad for their families because they're suffocating into all that cash. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Fast forwarding a couple years, Final Fantasy 15 shipped. It shipped. So here's where the discrepancy comes. They're sold and then they're shipped numbers. So it shipped 5 million units on its first day. Does that mean they're just distributed to stores? Yeah. Okay. Uh, for I would expect expected demand, you know, yeah, uh, expected sales, and then we get into 2019. I'm flash forwarding a whole bunch of. Uh, let's dig into some more of these. Uh, in 2018, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. How many copies do you think it sold in its first week? Probably 11 million. Five million. Okay, I got super excited on that one. I was thinking five, and then I guess it's not a Grand Theft Auto. I was thinking a week, though. That's still pretty so good it, amount of time. So at that point, it was the fastest-selling Nintendo game of all time and has an all-time high record for launch month dollars sales for console exclusive. Did Animal Crossing beat 5 million in a week? We'll get there. Okay. Now we get to the year 2019. Pokemon Sword and Shield. How many copies did it sell worldwide, physical and digital copies here, Ryan, during their launch weekend? At least 5 million. 6 million? 6 million copies. Now we get into the juggernaut of them all. 2020. The year of our Lord. <laughs> the year of Satan. <laughs> Jeez. What a year it's been. Yeah. But it was a good year for video games so far. Yeah. And we're not even over. Animal Crossing New Horizons. How many copies did it sell within its first 11 days? We'll go there first. Let's say 8 million. 11.7 11 million units in its first 11 days. That's a million copies a day. More than that. Dude, and it's well deserved. Like, especially, that's the perfect timing to launch a game during COVID. It is. Especially a game that you can sync. Like, God, some of the YouTubers that I was watching put 500 hours in. Yeah. Within like the first couple weeks. I don't even know if that's how time works. I don't either. But they put 500 hours. In. <laughs> <laughs> and then in its first six weeks, 13.41 million units. Yeah. I'm glad it did so well. Me too. Well, I hope The Last of Us 2 can reach those numbers as well, but we will see. Remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. I think with this initial hype and all the conversation around the game, it has the potential of getting up there. Yeah. I mean, like, I remember when Animal Crossing got review bombed for, like, SJW stuff. And it, it was a trying time during the COVID. Yeah. But, like... It prevailed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that ever happened. Yeah, maybe I'm just rewriting history. I mean, I if I, I'll go on the or on Wikipedia after this, and I'll change. I'll make sure that's noted. Okay, okay. Make sure you have like a little asterisk and uh, yeah, put something 3. in the point fo- five in the footnotes yeah. there. Yeah, but that is the something something report, Ryan. We will not be doing this every single week, but I think it's fun to kind of talk about the most recent happenings in the video game industry the film industry whatever it is we want to talk about it again yeah we will always be bringing you the most electrifying engrossing and dare we say educational news circulating the interwebs at any given point in time but ryan we have a main topic of the show yeah we do it was submitted to us by friend of the show streamer logan he wanted us to talk about college life now we did this many many moons ago 
maybe even like 60-something episodes ago. Ryan, want to remind yeah, the listeners? 62 episodes ago. 62? Yeah, it was episode 22. Um, and we kind of did like a broad overview of a few things. And we'll probably rehash just as a foundation of um, anyone who hasn't listened to that. So we kind of went over where we went to college, our major, some memorable games we've played. It was more focused on games. Yeah, that's right. Um, dorm game, like games that we played in the dorms and any relevant stories kind of more focused on the games and the requests for this episode was more about the school itself like mm-hmm. our experience our overall like day-to-day experience and things okay i like it so do we want to open up and just kind of where we went to college again and then kind of our majors and what we studied and yeah. then we can go into what we did day-to-day and we can start off yeah i think that sounds good what about yourself so i started at um, OSU, the OSU. That's right. Or I guess the Ohio State University. That's right. Um, I was there for, I think, two years. God, it's been so long since crazy. I Do was you, there. Yeah. I mean, the fact the fact that I graduated high school nine years ago. That's you, crazy. you were in 11 as well. So Yeah, 2011. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, next year's a 10-year high school reunion that's nuts i mean i'm not on facebook so i'm i'm not gonna get any invites but like yeah it blows my mind um yeah so i went to osu right out of high school um i was studying electrical and computer engineering Mm -hmm. i I actually wanted to go into game design and coding um which it seemed thrilling at the time but there isn't a lot of like social interaction so I, i went more so i ended up switching to kinesiology when I went to Bowling Green, Mm -hmm. uh, which is where I eventually met you. And I did kinesiology, which is exercise science for a year. Yep. And then I switched because I realized I'd make the same amount of money per year as people who can do the same under certifications generally. It's usually like personal training. You can do like physical therapy, um, but that requires like a master's, I think is minimum for that. And it's very competitive. And I was like, you know what? I want I want something that's stable and it doesn't, um, it's not elastic. Yeah. Or was it? I want something inelastic. Mm-hmm. Speaking of economics, um, depending, regardless of the economy, I, there's still going to be businesses. And you want a job security. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. I'm um, risk adverse. Very risk adverse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I ended up going. I wasn't an accounting fan like you. Um, I ended up going supply chain. Um, and I got that along with business analytics, which is more the statistics and kind of database side, mm-hmm. which is actually what Lauren's getting her master's in right now. Yeah. Um, so I enjoy that. There's a lot of different jobs in supply chain that you can do. I mean, you're front of the supply chain with sourcing, which is what I'm currently doing. And then you can get into like, I mean, for the industry I'm in, you have new model stuff, which is kind of development. And then everything in mass production, there's that. And there's logistics. And you can do a bunch of different things. So if I ever get bored with sourcing, um, I can do another thing in the supply chain and be perfectly fine to do it. Yeah, yeah. What did you do? What was your... Well, it's funny that you mentioned that um, I didn't enjoy accounting like like you did. Um, And for me... Managerial was good. It was the actual financial accounting that sucked. Yeah, I love cost accounting. It's good stuff. Um, My favorite professor at Bowling Green State University was Dr. Kent Sneed. He was a managerial accounting... Um, guru, he was, um, 
just a really good guy. Really, really good guy. He always, um, he always had very practical stories and life mm-hmm. experience uh, and advice. And uh, it was funny because he was kind of similar to me in, in terms of like his career path earlier on. And it got to a point where he just didn't like what he was doing. And so his wife at the time, she actually ended up passing away from cancer. And he, it's crazy because the man walked us through that whole story and that loss and his coping and uh, his grieving process and then finding new love. And he got remarried. And he was just a very transparent, uh, vulnerable man that I learned a lot from. Um, but he talked about how earlier on in his career, he was going through um, the typical process of working for a big four accounting firm and then working for a smaller company. And he just hated what he was doing day to day. And so his wife at the time encouraged him to take this um, like aptitude test where he discovered that uh, he would be far better off. Or maybe, I don't know if he took an aptitude test or he went to this program where they kind of pitted you in, in separate little stations where you could practice doing different things. I can't remember. My, my memory is a little bit foggy on it now. Um, but long story short, he ended up finding that he loved teaching. He was super passionate about just, you know, talking to students yeah. um, and, and, and teaching them as a professor. And so he ended up pursuing that and he's been a professor ever since. Um, that's kind of a complete, I guess, derailing of, of what I was getting at. Um, and this could play into part of what we're going to talk about later on, which is regrets that we have yeah. in college. Uh, but for me, I, I think similar to you, um, you know, growing up, my dad, he is in, in marketing and sales, and he always, um, it, he, he developed a clientele to a point now where he's not coasting, um, but it's, it's lucrative enough where even if the economy tanks he's going to be okay yeah and so he kind of instilled that in me um to be frugal to save a lot and things of that nature so for me personally um i would say for better or worse i always looked at my career path not necessarily as something that was going to be thrilling and i'd be i'd love to wake up and do it every day but can i provide for and care for my family regardless of what happens and yeah. so that's kind of why I took the accounting route because I took some accounting classes in high school and I enjoyed them um, quite a bit. And and that's why I pursued a degree in accounting and finance. I eventually dropped the finance degree because screw annuities and all the crazy ass math that's involved with that. So I just, I stuck with accounting and I'd eventually got into um, a career in auditing. Yeah, there, was a, there was a banking class for financing that kind of got pushed me away from financing. Yeah, it definitely wasn't for finance. me. Um but yeah, so that's kind of what motivated me and pushed me to pursuing a, deg- a degree in accounting was the job security, yeah. knowing full well that we're always going to need, now in auditing, we're going to need auditors and regulators. Um, I'm not a regulator, I guess. It's kind of putting me in um, a camp that an auditor is not, actually. But um, I, I always knew that there was going to be a need for especially IT auditors as we're moving to more of a technology is ever-increasing. Lots of companies are moving to the cloud mm-hmm. uh, in terms of storing all their data. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the path that I took in terms of uh, major. Very nice. Yeah, very similar. Um, I mean, both my parents went to Bowling Green, and they're both supply chain majors. So I guess I'm doomed to repeat history, but like... Yeah, and you guys are Falcon Flames, so that's, right. that's a weird title that you guys have 
Which we don't really uh, label ourselves as Do you such. get any mail from Bowling Green? I, I don't really know how that works in terms of them tracking us, because it's not like we're continuing to update our mailing address to the university Okay. once we departed. I, I know the parents, they still get like, hey, Falcon Flames, can you donate? And that kind of stuff, like typical donor yeah. college things. But. Um. Yeah, we do not. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't get, like, married in front of the Falcon. Yeah, I, I think, you know, for me personally, um, maybe if I had gone to Ohio State, just because I'm such a big OSU fan, but I never, again, going back to for better or worse, I never had a tremendous amount of school spirit. I wasn't... Yeah, me neither. I wasn't really the first one to go to the football stadium and the last one to leave. I could probably count on one hand, actually, how many football games I went to over the course of my five years, if we're including, the, you know, when I got my master's there. I just... Um. Yeah, it was just never something. Probably because we sucked. Like <laughs> our hockey we team won was the, good. Like what division three? And we won the like the MAC ten or Mac the MAC something um, MAC championship. The Big Ten, no, not the Big Ten. Yeah, the MAC ten. Definitely not the Big Ten. Yeah, we're. So I think we got moved. we went up against OSU one time and it was like fifty to zero. <laughs> yeah. Um. My thing was like coming to Bowling Green from OSU. I'd been to OSU games, mm-hmm. so like. I never ended up going to Bowling Green games because I'm like, this is such a smaller scale yeah. than like 105,000 people in a stadium opposed to like there are 15,000 total students yeah. at Bowling Green opposed yeah. to like 52,000 at OSU. Um, so I never ended up going to those. I tried to go to a hockey um, event or a game and I didn't bring my ID or it wasn't good enough. Like we had to pre-order tickets opposed to just show our IDs and go into the student section. And I was pissed. I'm like, I, I don't care about your sports anymore. Yeah. You've killed me. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess what was your overall day-to-day experience? Um, I know you had classes, but like, how did you speckle in like the other activities that you did? Yeah, I guess for me, I and this is really going to play into my regrets with college, is that um, just because of the mentality that I had, and it wasn't really until I met your sister, uh, Lauren, that she was able to kind of break into that a little bit and help yeah. me to see the gray in life. I lived a very black and white lifestyle in terms of what I was going to do and what was I was absolutely not going to do. And what I was absolutely not going to do was stray away from the I need to get A's all the time. I need to make sure I prioritize my studies over pretty much everything else. Yeah, so you're a 4.0. Yeah, pretty much. The only B I got in college, my undergrad, was uh, in statistics. I hated that course. Okay, the one um, that I got to major in. <laughs> yeah, I um, was yeah. never a, a fan of stats. Um, That's a weird one. But I regret that. I mean, I, I wish I could say, like, no, I got a couple, couple B's and a couple C's, you know, uh, in a few of my classes, but I was just so focused on my academics that it really um, it, it didn't allow me to really go out with my friends every once in a while. And mm-hmm. I guess I'll stop. I don't want to go into the regrets. We'll get into that. I guess my day-to-day. I would wake up pretty early in the morning. I would go to the the dining hall. Literally, I'd be the first one that there every single day because it got to the point where I was on a first-name basis with all the cooks, with all the people that greeted you, and I would always try to have my classes early in the morning. So I'd go yeah. to the dining hall at 7.30 when it would open. I'd be out of there by 8.15. My class would start at 8.30. I'd be typically done with classes by 12.30, 1 o'clock. Then I'd go to the gym. Then I'd come home or come back to my dorm room. Uh, I'd finish all of my homework by like 3 or 4. And then I would just play games. Okay. Um, and kind of just hang out with people around the, um, uh, the dorm. 
And so I lived a pretty boring lifestyle. So you were in the dorm for how many years, and then when did you move off campus? I moved off campus, I think, my junior year. It was the okay. first time. So I think, is that the minimum requirement? I think you have to be on campus for one. Yeah, I think so. I was definitely on the on campus for certainly my freshman year. I think my sophomore year as well. And it was my junior year when three of my best buddies and I um, got an apartment together. And so it was three bedroom, four of us lived together. And uh, those were some of the best years of college for me. Yeah. Um, I loved having those roommates that you chose, right? When you were when you were forcefully given a roommate, you'd fill out some stupid list before you went to college that said, I don't smoke or I don't drink or it was some ridiculous list, almost like you were on a dating site. They were trying to it hook was. you up with a random person. And then even, I don't even think you, that was just a waste of time because I don't even think they really took those things into account, which how could you really? Because you could lie, right? You could say, I don't smoke, I don't drink. Well, the problem is like, looking at people who from high school to college you change so much in that first year for better or for worse like some people who are very sheltered just go off the deep end go nuts yeah like drugs alcohol partying every night and then some people like close in and like you change so much in that first year being alone without any supervision and it's up to you to either go to the extreme that you did where it's just purely study and focus and then games after or it's zero study and zero focus there's obviously a happy medium but like i tried more i mean like because i lived at home for the first two years of college just to save money um because i i'm very along the same lines that you are frugal and trying to do you know risk adverse jobs but like yeah when i got to the dorm I ended up living in a transfer dorm and I was like the oldest person along with my roommate and we were kind of, I wouldn't say more mature, but like we were juniors and he was like coming back for a second degree and everyone else in the dorm was basically freshmen. Okay. So we we were a little bit older and like we've seen the hardships of life. Yeah. <laughs> we've been through a few wars, but like, yeah, we, we enjoyed ourselves. Um, I think I, I chose the same kind of path as you as waking up at 8.30. Um, I definitely didn't get all A's. <laughs> I, uh, my thing is, I guess my issue with school is I generally like researching everything and knowing stuff. And classes are generally laser focused into what they want you to achieve. Because in order to be certified, you have to achieve certain topics and like to be accredited essentially as a college. Um, and like, I usually get bored if I'm not like constantly asking questions and like just trying to figure out the world. Um, so like my mind trails off when I'm in classes and, um, trying to really just trail off. So I did not get all A's, even all B's. I think my grade point average was like a two nine, um, which it sucks because it was on the very edge of some internships, um, like the place that Shannon went required a three zero or even marathon required a three zero. Yeah. So it was like on the edge. Um, but I, I think the best things about college are not necessarily all the classes. Like you have to learn the fundamentals of this is supply chain. This is management. This is accounting. Like if you're in the business world, Yeah. but it's the organizations. Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of my time there and we'll get into that. But like, yeah, I ended up getting into 
supply chain management was one of them. I think you were in an accounting group as well. Yeah. Uh, you weren't in black accountants because you weren't one, but like I know they had some specific accounting. Yeah, it was called Beta Alpha Psi, which I, I don't I don't know if I ever actually was formally a part of. I may have gone to like a few of the open mic night equivalents where you know everyone's welcome to attend. Okay. Um, but I guess the other thing with those types of organizations is that they typically have a fee associated with them. Yeah. Um, and so like I kind of was picky and choosy about the organizations that I was, was a part of, uh, which I guess we can probably just go ahead and get into it. Yeah, I, let me get through my day-to-day stuff. Like oh, kind yeah, of, sure, go for it. But then we can get into... I, dude, I totally forgot I was part of two fraternities. <laughs> like, I totally forgot about the first one. Fuck. Um, yeah, so like day-to-day, I, I generally try to schedule everything in the morning, uh, tipler, typical to like a, a first shift, so like 8.30, and then try to smush them all into... Um, maybe get out around three or four. Yeah. Um, and then I generally relax a little bit, go to the gym. Uh, my roommate, Ben, at least for the second year, we tried to work out together mm-hmm. every day, depending on our classes. Um, and then I just play games. My two roommates, when I transferred in, it was Rick. And then, I mean, he was a huge gamer as well. So we'd spend a lot of time um, in the dorm just gaming. We had a Minecraft server um, that we bought. Um, so we spent a shit ton of time doing that. And then we had, I mean, there was a lot of freshman girls um, that we would just chill with in our dorm and we'd have like parties and smash nights. Nice. Um, so it was a lot of underage drinking for them and us being of age, like not promoting it, but like our our RA at the time was st- like super chill with us because we were, I mean, I was older than him and Rick was definitely older than him. Um he just kind of saw us as a peer opposed yeah. to like a subordinate. Um, so that relation was like, he came in after he was partying with like his girlfriend. And I think we had like 10 people in a dorm room. Oh my gosh. Like, we were just like making a fuck ton of noise. We we're all hammered and like just playing loud music. And he's just like, we're like, hey man. Like he knocks on our door and we open. We're like, oh, hey, hey, Eli, you want to come in and party with us? And it was just like his freshman, like the girls and the guys, that we hung out with um and he's like i can be here a little long a little while but then it's a liability for you guys so like i'll go back to my room yeah and we're like okay cool so um it was a it was a good time um yeah kinesiology was different there weren't a ton of organizations like ways to get involved and i think that's one of the great things that the business colleges do I mean, really across the board in any of them, like OSU as well. Yeah. But because um, their Fisher College is nationally ranked. Um, but yeah, I, I think the business aspect and like the organizations and the friendships you can make there were really good. Yeah. But that was my typical day. Nothing crazy. Um, on the weekends, I I don't know. I, I'm more opposed to having a lot of surface level friends. I'm more of have a tight knit group of like four or five friends. Yeah, me too. Um, that I, they know everything about me. I know everything about them, and I can trust them with anything. And that's kind of Rick, Ben, um, and then a few others. But those were that. That was my approach. Um, I don't. Did you ever go out with the fraternity? No, they always egged me on, but never like in a pressuring sense because they always knew. They're like, Rusty, you're cool. Please come out with us. Yeah, they Probably. always kind of just respected who I was, which I always appreciated. Yeah. They respected my morals. They respected um, 
that I didn't really want to be a part of that, necessarily speaking. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't really go out a whole lot. I went to a few of the Delta Sigma Pi, the DSP was the fraternity we were part of. I went to a few of the parties at the, um, the lodge, they called it. It was just this house where it was, the floor was like bowing in. It was about to collapse. Well, did it collapse yeah, it point? was, it, I don't know if it ever did, but it was just a disgusting, despicable house that was passed, passed on from brother to brother for years. Um, so I went there a few times, but in terms of like getting involved in the, the chaos, I never really took part, which plays into some of my regrets. Like I never wanted to go crazy and unhinged on the other end of the spectrum of people, yeah. but I did want to find a happy balance. That's probably my biggest regret in college is not kind of letting loose a little bit, you know, as opposed to being this rigid, academically focused kid that n- never strayed away from that. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you don't get like pass out in a stairwell, punch a cop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you living for? Yeah, I mean, like, did you really go to college? <laughs> exactly. There's that one guy who, like, we put him on trial for doing that, and we we're like, maybe he went a little too hard on Saturday, but well, I, I think that was like a fraternity uh, initiation. Yeah, or something like that, and I think the 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 unfortunate thing about DSP, at least at Bowling Green, when I was there, is that over time. Um, we were bringing in people less about um, evaluating the person's character and who they were as a person and more about um, if it was a female, are they hot? And then if yeah, it was that, a, that's a big criteria. Yeah, and then if it was a guy, it's like, can he party hard? Yeah, and it was a lot of, like, not to throw the organization under the bus, like the first, I feel like the class that I was a part of was like the last solid for the most part, class, because, like, the class before us, and, like, you get the Shannon or um, Trevor, and, like, those guys, those guys were solid. Yeah, they were. Um, and then after that, it kind of just filtered into, like, not, like, millennials are bad, because I'm a millennial, but, like, you get that more social media mentality of, like, let's go party, take pictures, and, and that like, was what, that was all the 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 fraternity was about it wasn't about networking and helping you get your next uh, internship or potential um career opportunity it was pretty much solely focused to this is an excuse to party which is unfortunate because um to your point it was there was just some phenomenal genuine people leading that organization for years yeah i I think when i started like i even went to one because lauren she knew she wanted to do business right out the get-go so when she went to bowling green she went right into business and i think her f- second semester she joined dsp mm-hmm. um and i think i went to one of her like i think there was a luncheon that i went to with her and then i went to maybe like a resume building thing with her what not even being in business just for kinesiology and then i switched over and i was like dsp was really good for you um i should probably join yeah um so i i ended up starting when I was in kinesiology, I went to Phi Sigma Pi, PSP instead of DSP, and that was a honors fraternity, and it was a bunch of different majors. I just sat around and played PlayStation Portables all day long. Dude, it was, not to shit on teachers, but teachers are crazy in college. Like, they have such a different mentality than, like, the business college, or, like, the business fraternity. Like, business is more structured. We have... Like, it's just more professional. Mm-hmm. Like, to our fraternity, like, DSP events, or even our meetings week to week, we wore a full suit. Suit, tie, 
like we were preparing for an interview. PSP was just, it, it was very different, and it was more like infighting and emotional okay. that I wasn't a part of. Like there was a lot of drama. Yikes. I mean, out of that, I did get like a girlfriend who would eventually become my fiance, but like, which isn't a thing anymore, but <laughs> I have to, I have to t- say that, but like, yeah, it, it was a, a very different group. It was a ton of fun, but they like partied as well. Yeah. Um, I don't regret that at all, but eventually when I joined DSP, I wasn't getting anything out of PSP, so I ended up stopping. Okay. Especially yeah. because I, th- I had a falling out with one of the presidents who's basically shit-talking two of the members and sent an email instead of just to like one of the other advisors like, hey, these two members are on probation they're having financial issues here's all their stuff instead of sending it to like their other the people that they're talking to they send it to the entire fraternity oh geez just shitting on these people for like their financial like stability that's not things and i was just like if that happened in dsp one we'd ask them as a president to step down because you fucked up like that's confidentiality you can't you can't break that so like i gave him my two cents and i was like you should consider like stepping down because that's extremely unprofessional. Like, yeah, it's just not right. Yeah, so I ended up I was like, "Fuck this, I'm leaving." Um, plus, it was one hundred and fifty dollars that I wouldn't get any ROI. Value yeah. So, yeah, DSP was a ton of fun. I don't, I didn't go out a ton with them. I think I went to a few initiations. Um, they get over the top. You didn't? Did you? You didn't go to any initiation? after parties no it was kind of like the um in hollywood speak the after after party i never went to any of that you know if there was an initial like hey we're going to this person's house after the ceremony i may have stopped by and um just had my face known and and yeah just shown up but uh outside of that i never went anywhere else okay so did you have a little or anything um you know what i don't think i ever had a little actually there were a number of times where i almost um, had like a co-little, like with one of the other brothers. I only okay. went, I almost went halvesies a couple times. Um, but again, in this again keeps playing into my regrets. I was so concerned in college about something that would cause me to not be able to do my daily routines. Anything that could potentially disrupt my my eating routine, my workout regimen, mm-hmm. my getting to bed in bed by like eight o'clock with my DS and maybe some supernatural or some other show on Netflix, anything that was potentially going to disrupt that. I was like, I'm out. I can't do that. And yeah. getting, even getting a little was something that I, I thought about and considered, but it was again, stepping into this lifestyle that I had just subscribed to and I wasn't getting away from it. No, I would definitely say I not to the extreme that you did. I definitely did that as well. Um, I don't know if it's like a safety thing um, or like a way for me to self-prescribe structure. So I'm not like out partying and like drop out kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm very good at the extremes, um, but getting middle ground is really hard for me. Um, so I, I prescribe to a very structural like... And it helped that I was really busy in organizations and things to like not distract from, I don't know, the schoolwork and things. Yeah. To kind of like have some variability to my day. Um, but yeah, I, I wish I had more of those kind of experience, like got out of that shell. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
But speaking of organizations, I guess I was a part of um, the Supply Chain Management Association as well because it was part of my major on top of DSP. And that was more kind of networking, bringing in speakers. Um, And I, I felt that, I mean, they talk about leadership in college a ton and how, I mean, building a resume for your first job is always like a daunting thing. Um, the business college did a great job of having, I think they had like 250 businesses come in for job fair day, yeah. which was, I think, unique to the business college. Yeah, I know, I think, so. I think that's for like colleges across the board, but like other majors, they don't really do that. I know kinesiology is like, Hey, you're on your own, go find something. Yeah. But like business college is like, Hey, regardless of your major, like they had all the accounting firms there. They had... I mean, for supply chain, they had automotive, logistics, and everything. But yeah. For supply chain, um, just to get like an internship, I ended up running as uh, the president for, or tried to become the president of SCMA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up getting that um, through, a, like, we had to give a speech in front of all the members. And, I mean, I had connections with the marketing, the head of the marketing kind of organization through DSP. I knew um, the past president through DSP. So like I had the connections to kind of like bring organizations together and that's kind of how I pitched it. Yeah. So I ended up becoming the president of that um, for a semester and then I became the vice president after. So it was, it was just a lot of things that I could talk to like on a resume, mm-hmm. um, which I felt was important. And that's one of the things I don't regret about college is kind of getting involved in that and like figuring out how to manage my time because I had to plan out what we were talking about at the events and like I'm not I'm an introvert I don't know if you could tell but like I'm aware yeah it takes a lot of time for me to recharge my like social battery Um, so getting up in front of 50 people on a day like on a weekly uh, meeting and like keeping everyone entertained took a lot to like figure out my extroversion, which I didn't really have. Yeah. So yeah, I, th- I think that was a good growing experience for me. Um, but it was also where I met you. That's right. That's where we met. Um, yeah, I, I think I told the story on the episode 22, but I we to get into DSP or part of the initiation process, you have to email all the or you can email or talk to them up in the hub which was like that social social gathering area in the business college yeah but uh yeah i ended up missing an interview with you and you're pissed yeah so um basically with yeah the initiation process you have to informally interview all the brothers and so um taking a step back it was a, a year prior or a semester prior um that i got an email from lauren it actually was I just pulled up the email because I still have it. It was part of um, when I proposed to her. I, I put this video together, and um, the beginning of that video um, kind of um, showcased that email that Lauren sent me back in 2014. And it was just like, "Hi, Rusty. My name's Lauren. You know, I'm free at these different times. Let me know what your availability is, and we can meet up. And we can kind of check the box, if you will." Yeah. And I remember the day, like very fondly, like it was yesterday. Um, I remember obviously agreeing to meet with her. We found a time. It was 30 minutes before I had an accounting class down um, 
on the fir- the ground floor of the business college, and Laura and I met um, on this sofa in the hub in a hallway. So it was a very like awkward setting because people were obviously walking by, going to classes and what have you. And we sat down and started talking. And I would say like physically, like I was attracted to your sister just because of her eyes. Like her eyes just kind of popped. Yeah. And but we started talking, and she was just talking. You know. Because I can't remember, she she was asking me questions about like um, where I was from, obviously my major and things of that nature. But we found out like, oh, you're in this city. I'm from this city. That we were 15 minutes away from growing up. And then she was talking about just her interests, and we were talking about exercise and nutrition and things like that. But then we were talking about video games, and she's like, yeah, some of my favorite games are Halo and Gears of War and Skyrim and Destiny. And I was just like. Who the heck is this girl? <laughs> yeah. And then she's we got into talking about you and she was like, Yeah, my brother and I recently just ordered like sixty packets of crazy bones off eBay, yeah, like originally that. unopened. I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> yeah, is this the one? <laughs> yeah, and so I was freaking out and just like falling head over heels. Like I don't I mean I've never do I believe in love at first sight? Not necessarily speaking. I believe in talking to a person and find, finding a mutual connection with that person. Yeah. And I was finding that very quickly with Lauren. And so I kid you not, I texted my dad when I sat down. Well, it's funny. So I go downstairs. Kyle Jacob sits right in front of me. Yeah. And he sits his bag down and he turns around and looks at me and says, oh, what's going on, Rusty? And I was like, I think I just met the person I'm going to marry. I'm going to marry. And he just like looked at me like I was a crazy person, obviously. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you're stalking someone. He's like, you? oh, cool, Rusty. And I texted my dad the same thing. And of course, as as you do, I uh, I looked her up on Facebook and saw that she was dating someone, which was just completely demoralizing. Yeah. And, but at the time, it's like, okay, well, whatever, you know. It's, I got really excited, but it's, I can't step into that, right? I can't yeah. get in the way of that. So. Yeah. I just let it. I just laid it to rest and didn't really worry about it. And then about eight to nine months go by, and we were at an event where we talk about who we're gonna bring into the fraternity. So well, I think like we met first before that even happened. Oh yeah, you just so fucking like, blew me off and didn't show up to the the, the meeting. Yeah, like um, I was so like because Lauren had talked to me. She's like, dude, there's this cool guy. Rusty, he looks like Ang. Like he has all these funny, like he he loves Kingdom Hearts. He likes Disney movies. He's awesome. And like, I knew the guy that she was dating. Um, he was a good guy, but like I didn't think it was a good fit. Um, and I ended up getting into the fraternity after I eventually talked to you, and I was like, okay, Lauren was correct. He is a cool guy, mm-hmm. Rusty. And um, we ended up going. There was there was an event in Col- downtown Columbus. Whereas it was like, I think a two day thing um, where there's a bunch of speakers and they kind of like a bunch of DSP kind of stuff. And we went to that and I think, not hopefully this isn't too personal, tell Lauren's personal stories, but like her, one of the speakers that she went to um, said like, if you're 15% more brave, brave, what would you do? And Lauren's first thought was break up with my boyfriend. And I was like, she was telling us on the way home, and we had like a few other people in the car. I was like, that's not fucking good. Like, <laughs> and I ended up, we were in Columbus, and we stopped at the parents' house because I was, um, I think I was getting an oil change or something. I dropped off my car, and I went with dad, and I was kind of discussing like what Lauren had said in the car, and I was like, hey, dad, like, 
deep conversation, like one of those questions. I was like, so if your sister said that, what would you do? And he's like, I just, I let her write it out. I was like, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> like, no, that's bullshit. So I ended up like taking Lauren. I was like, hey, Lauren, can I talk to you for a second? And like we went up to my room and I was like, if that's how you feel, like you should do it. And she's like, I'm going to be alone forever. And like, it was that weekend, like, I think it was the weekend after they had broken up because I yeah. think she went back to Bowling Green and did it um, that it was this initiation. Yeah, so we it, we called it Happy Fun Day, which is not happy or fun. <laughs> it was it was the most sarcastic at all naming convention because let's just say there's a hundred potential pledges that we're going to extend a bid into the fraternity. You go through each of these people that inter- went through the interviewing process, and it's this kind of almost uh, courtroom like setting where they bring up the person's picture. You give a little bit of a synopsis of the person's um, like interview, how the interviews yeah. went, and then the brothers have a chance to speak up and give pros or cons why they think they'd be a good fit for the fraternity. So this, obviously, we start this at you know the butt crack of dawn. It's like seven, eight o'clock in the morning, whatever it is. Yeah. And I, I walk in, and I'm looking for a place to sit that's comfortable because obviously I'm going to be here for the next ten to twelve hours or however long it takes. Yeah. So. I, uh, I saw you in the back left corner of this lecture hall sitting by yourself. And I was like, oh, Ryan's cool. So I was like, I, I went up there and I said, hey, man, uh, is anyone sitting next to you? And Ryan's sitting there with this big fucking bowl of oatmeal and like a 32-ounce thing of naked mango juice. <laughs> yeah, dude, I needed to get naked for that. And I was like, uh, hey, man, anyone sitting next to you? And you're just like, no, it's cool. So I sat next to you. I whipped out my Nintendo DS, was probably playing Dragon Quest Five or something like that. And we got to talking and we had a break in the session and they allowed people to go back to the bathroom or whatever you needed to do during break. And there was a couple guys sitting in front of us and I think we must have been talking about what we were going to do that weekend because this was like a Saturday morning. And uh, I was like, yeah, right, you know, Ryan, what are you going to do this weekend? And, and you were just like, well, um, Lauren, my sister, she's in town. She's actually um, interviewing over in Cleveland at this company. Uh, but she's in town because she's just a little upset. She broke up with their boyfriend last weekend. So we're probably just going to kind of hang out and have a drink and play some games. And and my ears perked up like a German shepherd. I was like, whoa, wait a second. What? Pump the brakes. Let's go back to that. Let's return to that. I was like, your sister broke up with her boyfriend? Well, I think it was her ex's boyfriend was trying to get into the fraternity as well and like they announced it to everyone like lauren single like a foghorn yeah and like your ears perked up you're like <laughs> just look over so that's when I, I was like dude is that is that for real and like yeah whatever yeah she's she just broke up with her boyfriend <laughs> yeah, i was just like fuck it yeah <laughs> yeah and so that's when i was like oh well not to be too forward, but I was like yeah. really attracted to your sister when we first met when she was, you know, pledging to be in the fraternity. Um, you know, I was so much so that like, I was considering dating her until I found out she was dating someone. And then this dude in front of us turns around and is like, Rusty, you can't just tell her brother that you were attracted to her. And I was like, in my mind, it was this moment that like, because I never had a lick of confidence when it came to girls. Yeah, like, I was like, that that's ballsy, and I completely respect it. And Ryan is a big dude, like one punch man, and I'm like, dead. So, I am Sayatama. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so, but, but I just had this thing, like this, uh, not even epiphany, but just this, something pushed me over the edge of that day, yeah. where I just had to say something, and I did. And... 
so later that day, and you'll have to continue the story here, but um, I'll tell my side is that obviously just recently having broken up with her boyfriend, I didn't want to be some quick rebound type of deal. Yeah. Um, so I was just You're the like, rebound chick. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't, I didn't really press yeah. into it anymore. I just told you my piece. And then it was like a day later that I get a Facebook message from Lauren long and short of it, basically saying like, Hey Rusty, um, I talked to Ryan and you'll have to fill the gap in here. I talked to Ryan and, um, it sounds like we had mutual feelings for one another back when we first met. Um, I just broke up with my boyfriend, so I'm a little vulnerable right now, and I, I'm not sure I'm ready to jump in or commit to anything yet. However, at some point, I might want to pursue like talking more. Yeah. And I quickly responded and was just like, girl, I've waited 23 fucking years to date, to <laughs> yeah. date anyone. Trust me, I can wait for you. Yeah, I'm watching you sleep right now. So yes. Like, yeah. No, I ended up... You no, know, that's exactly how it went down. Um she had come back that weekend because she was on internship at the same place you had an internship, just different departments. Yeah, up in Illyria, and um, we. I think that Friday, Happy Fun Day was a Saturday. That Friday was we ended up like playing Minecraft together, like trying to cheer her up some way. Like uh, Bridget and I, Lauren, and I think maybe Ben. We're all just playing Minecraft together. Um, and then Saturday, I think she hung out with some of her BG friends and then like she was spending the night, I think on the couch at my place. And like, we got back from happy fun day. It was dark and she was still like, I mean, even Friday she was in a bad mood. And then I got back and I was like, Hey, like, you know, that rusty character, like, (laughs) and she's like, yeah, like he was cool. And, um, I was like, yeah, he was sitting next to me and, um what's his face came up on the screen and it came out that you're single and he brought up that like he he turned to me and he was like hey yeah i I have feelings for your sister i think she was really attractive and she she she's like wait what (laughs) like instantly perked up and like i'm not saying she got over the other person in like a day because i think that process like she had already coped with it so like i think it just extreme like lightened her spirit mood and she was like happy from yeah. then on out and I don't think we respond like we wrote that message that day but I think it was that Sunday um I was trying to write a speech for my organization the organization I was leading and I was like hey Lauren can you uh she, she's like I'm trying to respond to Rusty I don't want to seem like too like eager or whatever yeah she was like fucking pumped up and ready yeah. And uh, she's like, can you help me write this? And I'll help you write your speech. (laughs) (laughs) Nice trade-off. I I think, I don't know if it came up in when, like, my speech at your reception that you, like, realized that I helped, like, majority. majority, You're talking about the wedding. Yeah, the wedding that I I wrote, like, most of the As you were kind of talking there, I was almost thinking that it'd be funny um, because I'm really, I really want episode 100 of the podcast to be something really special. And Ryan and I have all the capabilities of streaming on Twitch, which is probably what we're going to end up doing. We're going to stream and record um, the 100th episode of the Otaku Brothers podcast. But I'm thinking of a lot of fun things to do for that episode, and I already have a few ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, but it might even be fun to, one, Ryan and I are going to be drinking alcohol during that episode. And then, two, if we listen to your speech and watch and pull Dude, it up. I will say, like, I loved my speech at, like, dude, I, I wrote it the night, I had been practicing the while I was driving, kind of coming up with topics, and then 
it got to the night before, and I was like chilling with your groomsmen. I was at your dad's place, I think. Yeah, I was in his, his office because you and Dylan, you guys slept in my dad's office. I, I slept, yeah, I slept on the floor, and I was trying to write it. We talked, Dylan and I were just talking until like 12, and I was like, fuck, like I'm not even close to being done. And I got up early in the morning and like typed it up that morning, but like I'm pretty proud of that speech. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I think I mentioned that like I ended up writing the first message to you that kind of started everything obviously she was like hey i want to go this direction with things but she was like so pumped up on adrenaline that she couldn't form sentences yeah because she's not good at forming sentences for most like when she's super excited um yeah so then after that i think it's kind of history you guys are married yeah it's true and you have a dog so more importantly yes yeah, <laughs> fuck marriage like <laughs> you have a dog yeah um so yeah, that's kind of where we met. Um, yeah, so that's fraternities and organizations. <laughs> that was yeah. a long tangent on that one. Yeah. Um, um, what other topics do we have? Because we're nearing the two-hour mark, and I want to be mindful of okay. the length of this so, episode. So I, I think we kind of covered classes. Uh, one of the other topics he had asked Logan had asked about was classes and finals, and we can cover that real quick. Um, and then we can get into spring break internships, and then kind of the last two topics, which are good. God, that's a lot of topics, bro. We can we can go quick. Okay. Okay. So like, as far as classes go, I think I already talked about it, but like, I kind of had the basic business classes that kind of covered accounting, managing or management, logistics, and that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying business is easy, um, but supply chain is very. If you ha- if you can form logic, you're going to be fine. And that's kind of the approach I took. So. There, I think it was more so the professors. Like McKinney was one that was huge for me. Um, he was business intelligence or something like that. He yeah. did more computer IT stuff. Um, and you actually invited him to your wedding. Yeah. and He, um, he, he was a great guy. And I think the management teacher, I really enjoyed his lectures, though he didn't teach the class because he got off on tangents. Like stories about... We talked about World War II economics and like stories about like the different tactics of World War II in a management class. Nice. I think we tried to get him off topic so we could just have fun. Um, but I think it's more the professors. It's like, I think the biology professor at OSU and the physics professor at OSU were some of my favorite professors of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's the professors that love their job and you can tell they want you to see the topic in the way that they see it that makes it a good experience i mean the material is the material you have to learn it you have to pass finals and stuff and for the most part they're relatively reasonable if you pay attention in class or read the books and a lot of it was reading the books yeah but like my physics professor we stayed hours afterwards like talking about like how do i make a nuclear reactor in my garage this weekend (laughs) or like in theory like i was watching a video on lightsabers from this one physics guy um, how would I make a lightsaber? Like, how do I bend electromagnetic fields around plasma to hold its shape? And how do I do that? And he, he would he'd go in because he actually was, I think he studied, or he was a, he got his doctorate in like Germany. Nice. And he studied, or he worked at like the Hadron Collider. And I was like, you're fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> look at me as a freshman. You're trying to teach me. You like understand the universe. Like he's like made all the posters. He's part of these boards. And I'm like, you love your topic so much. 
and I know he didn't translate the his level of genius to a 101 class super well, but his um, level of enthusiasm was enlightening. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the my biggest takeaway from classes is professors have the ability to encourage you in a topic and like if they aren't as energetic because they're burnt out or for whatever reason they're having a bad day or a bad semester it it really is discouraging so the ones that do show that enthusiasm like my fucking biology teacher was basically radagast the brown wizard like he looked like him he smelled like what i figured radagast would smell like (laughs) like he didn't necessarily have shit on his head but like god it, it was like a crazy to see the resemblance yeah um and then the chemistry teacher like i went into his office one day to just talk about like hey what was your thesis and he was like well, it was it was basically like it was something to do with soil and the evolution of plants in specific soils and stuff hmm. um and i was like that's fascinating can we talk about that opposed to like let's talk about electromagnetic fields and just photons and shit <laughs> Like, that stuff, it's so interesting, and it's not like, hey, let's dive into it in a 100-person class. But when you get the one-on-one with the people who are passionate about their fields, that's where I learned the most. And that's why I like researching random shit, because it's more fascinating to see people who are passionate opposed to people who are going through the motions of a specific class. Yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. And the finals, finals are finals. Um... Really, a lot of it is, I mean, I did some online classes, but if you pay attention to the book and listen to the lectures, for the most part, you'll do fine. But yeah. I require a lot of studying because my, I'm scatterbrained. I'm all, kind of all over the place, but yeah, I had to study a lot more so than Lauren. Lauren just kind of got shit and she was like 4.0 and I, I studied probably a shit ton more and I didn't get shit. so yeah words and stuff i I, that was a long rambling but do you have anything to add to classes and finals no not really i mean i don't i'm not gonna sit here and talk about my accounting courses because people are gonna be pressing yeah do you guys want to sleep people are gonna be pressing the fast forward 15 (laughs) second door like falling asleep yeah the the door sleep door sleep um yeah my only like my most memorable class in college by a long shot was um my freshman year it was an astrology course and we have a planetarium at Bowling Green, and so it was this kind of this dome-shaped building, and you were in movie movie theater-like seats um, with obviously a little thing that you could pull over, a little flap for a makeshift desk. Um, but I remember one day going to class, and Miles, I think was the name of the teacher, I can't remember his last name, but he preferred that we called him by his first name, so we did. Um, and he was this big, heavy-set dude, but he was just this... And I don't, I'm not trying to make light of his weight in any sense or make make fun of him, um, but he was just this funny guy that would just sit up at the front of the class and just talk about astrology. But there was this one day in particular that we came into the class where we we sat down. And he's like, "All right, guys, put all your books away, put everything away. What I want you to do is just sit back and relax. And what we're gonna do is turn all the lights off and we're gonna project the nighttime sky." on the ceiling because it was like a projection like sky, uh, ceiling where you could literally project the nighttime sky I'm being redundant here and it was it was so 
crazy and mind-boggling because it looked as if you were sitting in a field looking up into this black sky full of stars to the point where you literally saw shooting stars. He pointed with a little laser pointer where certain... Um, Constellations. Constellations, thank you, were in the sky and kind of pointed all of that stuff out, which was just fascinating stuff. But what I loved about the man, too, is he was an avid gamer. So, like, his background on his computer was, like, Assassin's Creed or something like that. Very nice. But it was hilarious because he'd make, you know, quips or comments, too, like, during class. Like, um, like you guys got to better turn in your exams on time because I got to get home and back get back to Assassin's Creed 2 or Mass Effect or <laughs> whatever game yeah. he was playing at the time. But it was really funny, too, because... Um, he'd be like, all right, guys, if I see any cell phones, I'm taking your exam immediately. If you have any questions specific about the exam, I'll be doing nothing but up here playing Angry Birds on my phone. <laughs> every single exam. It was almost as if he had it rehearsed every time. That's what he would say is, I'm up here playing Angry Birds on my phone. Yeah. Um, that's my most memorable class. One, because the physics, chemistry, astrology, like those subjects are so much more interesting to me than finance 101 monetary no policy, banking, economics. Like there are certain interesting points about economics and things that like that, but I'd much rather sit in a fucking planetarium and learn about our solar system than sit in the chair and learn how to calculate annuities. Yeah, that's why it's hard for me to like I know a huge thing in business is to get certifications or like even a masters. I mean, I have two bachelor's degrees, but like Everything I research now is not business. Like, I would love to learn how to invest myself and do stock trading. Like, I would it, just day trading would be entertaining and lucrative if I'm good. But it's not interesting to read those books. No. Like, it, physics or that engineering, like, that stuff's way more entertaining. Like, some of the my favorite projects were, like, my engineering classes where we built a balsa bridge um, or we built a roller coaster to like calculate the physics behind things. And I'm still bitter that like I had a great idea on my physics um, roller coaster to the point where they had to redo the grading scale to add this because they hadn't thought about it in the however many years that engineering uh, class was around. And because we were all doing it in one, like the same room building our roller coasters, another group copied us and beat us by one point because they took that idea. That sucks. And like, I would have gone in front of the dean of the college and presented my roller coaster and like our thought process and everything, but like one fucking point. <laughs> but like that kind of project where you get to, you get to build shit. Like I like to build shit. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the professor, that was the one that, I think I talked about it last time that we had built a Minecraft server on their engineering computers. And he's just like, yeah, this is cool. Like you're building stuff and you get that kind of mindset. Yeah. But yeah. Well, what I want to do, because one, I have to pee. Two, I don't want to pause the show again. And then three, I want to be mindful of how long this episode is. That might have been reason number one, but I can't remember. Um, I, I do want to get to and maybe fast forward a little bit to the things we regret most about college and call this a wrap because... One, I don't want this to come across as way too pretentious. That like, look at our, look at all of our degrees, and look at all of our internships, and look at all the things we've accomplished. So we don't want to talk life. about internships or spring break. No, I, I want to fast forward to regrets okay. that we have in college, and then is college necessary? Do you need to go to college to be successful and financially well off in your life? Okay. 
Yeah, no, that's that's cool with me. If you guys want to hear college or internship or spring break or internship, let us know and we can talk about a different episode. But just for your time valuing it, we will wrap it up. Yeah. After these two questions. So, what would you say you regret most about college? I would say, I mean, similar to you, I think that mold that we built to achieve something to do well in organizations, to do well in classes, to try to balance our time for the gym and spending time with people. I mean, it. there's a hell of a lot of things that you're juggling. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, you have all the social stuff that isn't included in just the, if you're going to do well academically or for your potential career that you don't account for. Mm-hmm. I think it's breaking out of that mold and going out, maybe not to the extreme that the fraternity went to. Um, I went to a couple, I went, I mean, you get those weird experiences that like, I'm not going to have again or have the opportunity to have. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm not a huge, like let's go to the, a random bar downtown in the city that we live in. And drink and just, I mean, because I can't walk to my apartment. Like Uber, I feel like I'm going to get murdered. (laughs) But like, I I feel like I'm past the point in my life where that seems like a reasonable and responsible thing to do. But like, I have experiences in college where like we got, we went to the bar and we were just walking home and there's a random dude selling a pizza on the side of the road and I paid him five bucks for a pizza and walked home hammered with my girlfriend at the time with a pizza that we devoured when we got home. And like that shit's not going to happen anywhere else except for in college or in a college town. Yeah. So like getting out of that and like the one thing like in college, uh, you, you find your early twenties, you try to figure out who you are and that's kind of what you're solidifying your thoughts on different topics and stuff. And like, I was very religious not to get into politics or religion or whatever. I was very religious up into the point where I went to college and I was like, I'm questioning how I, like what I think of business and everything. Like I'm learning so many new things. And like back in high school, I led youth groups. I led Bible studies and things. But like that was ultimately my parents who told me like this is what is true. And I'm like, anything that's worth believing, I want to do the research myself and make sure I can support, like, if I'm going to push this, not push it on other people, but, like, spread what I believe, I want to be able to back it up with something and data and prove it to myself. And I couldn't do that. But, like, the one thing that religions does great is, I mean, you got the experience of, not young life, but it was, uh, what's the church group? At our college? H2O. H2O. And like those organizations are so good at building friendships and long lasting, yeah, just relationships that that's one thing after I came to the conclusions that I came to that not believing in stuff doesn't provide a lot of groups that are like, hey, do you don't believe in things too? I don't believe in things too. Let's get together and talk about things we don't believe in. Mm-hmm. It's, I think that that commonality or the, like, I wish there were, I don't, not that I, I wish that I still believed, but like, I, I wish those, there were those groups for people who don't believe in things 
and I wish I could have had those same type of bonds that I had formed in high school kind of youth or Bible studies and things in college, similar to what you had gone through or you were a part of through the church at our college. But like, I don't know, getting in type into some of those groups, I wish I could have, mm-hmm. but I, I battled internally whether is it disingenuous to be a part of those groups when I don't believe the thing that the group is believing in. So like I, that's an internal struggle and I don't know if I think it's a regret. It's more of, I don't know whether it's disingenuous and whether I, uh, like betray the organization as a whole by not believing something. So like, Okay, so it's like, more just the relationships that you could have built. Okay, being in those I was groups. trying to like get back to the point. Like, I guess what do you, what value are you missing from not being a part of those? Is it just, it's just the I, relational I piece? The, yeah, I think it's the relationship, the ships that you can build through those groups. Okay, um, and I, I found the fraternity kind of relationships is more surface level, and those kind of more emotionally vulnerable groups, mm-hmm. like through H two O are something that I wish I could have had more of. Got it. Or the opportunity to facilitate. Got it. Uh, from, oh, that got heavy really quick. Let me drink a, yeah, <laughs> drink you, some fucking water. You take a swig. Uh, for me, I think I already talked about it. My biggest regrets in college were just um, living my very black and white lifestyle, not really seeing the gray of things, not um, going out and watching the Steelers with my buddies on a Sunday night or a Sunday afternoon, uh, grabbing some chicken wings and having a couple beers and just um, allowing myself to just relax. Uh, I was so uptight and I needed to to prove something to I don't even know who. Uh, I was just living a very regimented lifestyle that I wish I could have, um, yeah, just kind of um, unwinded a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's my biggest regret is just sticking to that regimen and not really relaxing until I met Lauren who really helped me kind of unwind and become the best version of myself if that makes sense again I'm not I don't want to come across as like super arrogant but she just she helped me um well she helped see something in me that I thought I needed to be someone completely different before I could allow someone in if that makes sense before I could allow someone to see who I really was, she kind of saw through those insecurities and accepted me where I was, when I was, and that allowed me then to kind of unwind and enjoy the things that I used to enjoy from both a food perspective and just a lifestyle perspective that I was prohibiting myself from doing because I felt like, um, I don't really know why I, I did that. I still don't. And that's, again, playing into the regrets of college life. Um, but I wish I could have just yeah, relaxed a little bit more, gone out, had some fun, and not like worried about the repercussions of what would happen if I did that. Yeah. Um, I think repercussions were a huge thing. I mean, we have a similar thought process, but I think that hold us back. Like, is this the responsible adult thing to do right now? Yeah. And it's like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to get this experience for what, four years? Mm hmm. You got your master's and you're five, and I was there five and a half. But like, after this, I'm gonna have to do the do- the job life for the rest of my life. Let's just live it up. Yeah. Well, so you, I guess getting into the job life. Um, what are your thoughts about the requirement of going to college in order to have a successful career and to be well off financially? 
I think it's becoming less necessary. I think, like, you're obviously going to need for, like, the medical fields, you're going to need to go to college. Yeah. Um, teaching, you're going to have to be certified in those kind of things. But for... I go back and forth because I don't... I'm not really well educated in, like, the trade schools. Mm-hmm. Um, or where their prospects and jobs are. Um, but like becoming an electrician or like even it's, it might not sound like super flashy, but like private garbage people make like a hundred grand around us Yeah, through corporations, just picking up those industrial like business sites, um, trash cans. Yeah. And like, you don't need a college degree for that. And I think high school and the way that they set up like the bell system was i think it was the late 1800s that it was set up to facilitate sending people to manufacturing and like getting used to bells in a like a facility that i'm going to end up trying or working or volunteer to work in on monday and tuesday of this week it's you you have a bell to go to lunch you have a bell when you're done for lunch warning you to go back to the line and i think for those kind of things it's unnecessary and you can make a living it's, I, I think the huge issue is how expensive colleges are. Um, and I think we have over a trillion dollars in debt, at least in the U.S., for student loans. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know a good solution or whether, I think a lot of it is bloated, um, like, number of staff, because people are very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I do costing for a living, but, like, like adding people to a line and... and putting that it cost of like labor into a cost is like a majority of a piece cost. Um, but I, I don't know if by p- the government subsidizing colleges, if that's the reason that incentivizes colleges to increase the cost to then have the government offset with like student loans and things. Mm. I don't know if because the government's involved, if that's, adding to the cost and then adding to the debt and then the amount of time it takes to pay off college i don't know if it's necessary yeah like i want someone who's op- like if someone's doing a heart surgery on me they better fucking have a doctorate yeah i mean but obviously like, but it's... for like there's so many i mean entrepreneurs i mean you get half the uh, tech guys or moguls never went they dropped out of college they yeah. deemed it kind of like you're in a box I think that's a lot of the education system right now. It's like you're in a box of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think it's necessary. Um, there's always going to be the fields that there are. It is. But overall, I think it's becoming less relevant. Yeah, I think it's a cyclical argument. You know, there's never, I don't think there's really necessarily a right or wrong answer in terms of is college necessary? Does it make your life a little easier in terms of getting a job? The resources that are available to you when you're in college, as long as you're um, talking to the right people. Yeah. And depending on the university, of course, too, um, you you can get connections a lot easier. I think nowadays, I think the most important skill anyone can have is the ability to hold a conversation with someone. Communication skills are vital. And I think in our, our generation and Gen Z, um, the generation below us, I think, are just going to, and even my future kids and your future kids are really going to struggle because of this digital age. We're so focused on staring at this little five, six inch screen in front of us 
that it's it's really disrupted our ability to have conversations with people. Yeah. And I think you know if whether you've gone to college or not that's still a critical skill. Even if you have a college degree, if you can't talk with people, you're going to struggle. Yeah. And so like if I could encourage anyone whether it's someone deciding of like hey i'm in my junior year of high school i don't know if i want to go to college or not you have to ask yourself a number of questions one what do you want to do with your life like what is what is what kind of a career sounds interesting to you um but at the end of the day if i can encourage like any high school student it's you know get in get get involved with debate club get involved with um, these different clubs or organizations that require you to get in front of people and talk because yeah. it's going to be incredibly in- uncomfortable. And I think for me, why I, well, why I was able to go to things like the job fair with obviously some underlying fears and anxiety, but I was able to go there and talk to c- recruiters because, and this sounds super trivial and ridiculous, but I had a YouTube channel. Yeah. I sat behind a microphone or I sat behind a computer screen and talked to myself on a computer for hundreds of hours and that helped me to be articulate have conversations be able to talk off the cuff and things of that nature and i think that's a skill that's really really lacking nowadays with people yeah i couldn't imagine going into like job interviews like leading an organization and having to talk in front of 50 people and then ultimately having like at at one of the job fair they had like a supply chain night and they're like oh hey because we're leading this, you have to talk in front of everyone and like give a speech. And I was like, the fuck? I didn't sign up for this. And yeah. it was, you're talking in front of 300 people with like 20 businesses. And I was like, that sounds terrifying. Yeah. But then when you get into, there was a, a job interview that I went to out of college and I ultimately didn't go with them. But part of the process was like two day off site. And you had to give a speech in front of the 20 other people's tr- people trying to get that job along with like 20 managers. So like having gone to the extreme of you're talking in front of, it doesn't have to be 300 people. It could be like 20 people, but like a certain amount of people that they can listen to, you can get used to faces outside or of just like your good friends listening to you. I think that's huge. Yeah. Communication is, yeah. And I think too, getting um, back to your point about, I think it's being, it's, it's less relevant. I agree. And I think one of the biggest things nowadays, which I would encourage, I probably would be doing the same if I hadn't gone the route of college, is doing a you know one to two year program specifically around a particular profession that you want to pursue. Whether it's, um, I don't have a good example, but I know there's a lot of like two year programs that you can do now that are specifically training you to become X, Y, or Z, yeah. and then get you into the field of your choice. Yeah, or I mean, it might be too late. Um, but for like high schoolers, Lauren and I, we ended up doing a shadowing program for engineering at OSU mm-hmm. while in high school. And they basically said like, here's what engineering is. Here's a bunch of different things that engineers help create and like get to study. Yeah. I mean, we made fucking ice cream out of dry ice. We're like, this is awesome. Like yeah. science is cool. And like, that's more STEM fields and things, but like. There's a lot of opportunities if you look for them, and I don't think college is 100% necessary to get all those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, last question, real quick. Um, If you were to go back to college and do it all over again, would you stick with accounting? Um, 
And then the follow-up to that is if money wasn't an object or wasn't an issue and you were set, what would your major be? If money Two was big questions. <laughs> if money was no object, if I go right to that, if money was no object and I was whether I had some kind of ridiculous inheritance or um, I don't know, I just had a lot of money mm-hmm. for I don't know how I got it, but I just had a ton of money. Um, I would do this. I would, would you? put all of my time and effort and energy into podcasting, into streaming on Twitch, into collaborating with other people, like-minded folks that um, we could have kind of crossover podcasting chances to talk. I, I love doing this. This is where I get the most passion. And I, I look back at the video where I was speaking at the DevOps Summit and I seemed robotic because I didn't have a lot of confidence in what I was talking about. I didn't have a lot of confidence or enthusiasm um, about the subject matter necessarily. It comes back to, uh, while I enjoy what I do, I love the people I work with, I do it because I want to provide for Lauren and I. I do it because I want to provide for my future kids. I want yeah. to, I do it because it affords me the flexibility um, to record a podcast that if my Blue Yeti mic all of a sudden broke, I could go to Amazon and buy a new one and not worry about the dollar impact to the bottom line of Lauren and I's food budget every month. Yeah. And I feel that's an incredible privilege that I have, you know, and I'm thankful for that. Um, so yeah, if money was no object, I'd completely full-time pursue this. If I could do it all over again, talking about what would make sense for me to be able to provide for myself, um, I don't know if I would change. Yeah, I don't I don't think I would I'd probably end up in the same kind of field. Um I mean if my dad didn't not beat into me, but like hound that fiscal responsibility was a huge thing and you want to on top of everything be able to provide for yourself and whomever else is in your family unit. Um I I think business is for me the easiest choice. Yeah. Um, STEM fields are always going to be needed, but they're one of the ones that they cut relatively quickly, um, or they, they downsize. But I I think business in some regard would be where I'd end up. And Mm -hmm. if money is no object, like the thing that I'm finding through my job, what I thrive on is like, I enjoy the logic and the discussions. Like for me, it's with suppliers um, they're the most frustrating part of my job, but it's the interaction and like the, yeah, the interaction with the people is what I gain energy from surprisingly mm-hmm. as an introvert. Um, so like the math and the things on top of it, logically talking through whatever we're dealing with, it's fun because you, you know, the people you're talking to and you can say, Hey, I know shit's crazy. Like, how's your state with coronavirus? And we, I, I was doing negotiation on Friday and we were, we got off track for like 30 minutes talking about COVID mm-hmm. and like crazy stuff. But like at the end of the day, like because that relationship is strong and because you can form that, it's entertaining. So yeah. I don't know what other field would be good for that. I, I find the science is fascinating, but I feel like I'm stupid to like for the amount of stuff that I don't know and will never know. I feel like at that competitive level or what the level that I would want to compete at, I would be outclassed by people far more intelligent than me. Um, 
but I find it so fascinating that if money was an issue, I'd try to just do research everything. Like I, think, I just want to know. I think things. that's you getting in your own way, and I think you do that in more than one area of your life. In terms of like you need you need to do this, you need to have this certain amount of knowledge, you need to have a certain amount of things or do whatever it is before you're allowing yourself to just jump and try. And I think that's something you need to. No, I would complete. I would completely agree. I am probably my biggest not advocate but like on one side i drive myself and the other side i hinder myself so i'm i'm a huge hindrance to me we'll explore that some more off the <laughs> air <laughs> yeah that is another topic for another day flaws of ryan yeah <laughs> <laughs> coming next up episode 85 what the fuck is ryan doing with his life <laughs> ladies so, and gentlemen uh, that was a good episode this has been a really fun episode if you want to submit a question or you have a topic that you would love for Ryan and I to get behind the mic and talk about, just like Logan did, he wrote in on the Discord, you can too, the link is in the show notes, or you can send us an email or an audio question at otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We would love for you love for you to submit a question or again, suggest a topic for us to discuss. Anything that makes the show better, we're all about it. You can find this podcast on all your favorite podcasting platforms, and we will be back next week again, as we alluded to earlier in the show, with a special guest to talk about all things The Last of Us Part 2. We will be spoiling the heck out of that game. So just FYI, again, there will be spoiler tags to make sure that you know when you need to stop listening. But we will also be picking our special guest's brain prior to that, to ask them the normal questions we ask our special guests on Otaku Brothers. It should be really fun times. But Ryan, I have to ask you before we go, do you have any parting questions for our listeners? Parting words, words of wisdom. Um, I guess if you decide to go to college, I mean, stick it to the topic, just enjoy yourself. I mean, obviously study hard and do all that jazz. I mean, the normal, but be similar to our regrets. Um, get outside your comfort zone. Failing in college is the time to fail. Like that's on internship. I was like, especially to the people I mentored when they were interning. It was like, dude, if you fuck up here, (laughs) I'm the one who cleans it up. Like figure out what you need to do to like better yourself. So like definitely have a good time. Enjoy life. Life is a journey of a thousand steps and it begins with the first step. So that's right, folks. Confucius say, (laughs) take the first step. We will be back next week. Stay tuned, folks. Yeah. See ya.